This gothic structure has attracted filmmakers, history buffs, and paranormal investigators since it began hosting visitors decades ago. What started as a revolutionary state organization crumbled into decay before being saved by passionate citizens. But just as passionate are the former inmates who refuse to leave. This week's episode is The Ohio State Reformatory. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. What a time we had. What a time we had. One of my all-time favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. And to be at the prison where a lot of it was filmed, mm-hmm. and they have leaned in. They have thing, rooms are set up as if it was the actual office and the and the warden's office and stuff. Brooks's room was actually shot there. Yeah. So you get to see what that looked like. Um, the tunnel. That Andy mm-hmm. had to dig through. Very yes. interesting to find out the shit was made out of crushed up cookies and uh, liquid and, and stuff. So it was all yummy stuff he was crawling through. So he, he really all right. acted well to make it seem like he was crawling through a tunnel of shit. Tim Robbins is amazing. He, he acts is. great. And they also have like Red's hat. They had, I mean, mm-hmm. all kinds of, we got to sit in the warden's office. We saw, sat in Andy Dufresne's chairs. I have, uh, we have photos and videos and stuff. I'm going to clip it all together for y'all on the Patreon. And the good thing about this show that we did in Cleveland, it's filmed. It was yes. filmed. High definition filmed. Very. And you're going to get to see it uh, also if you uh, join our Patreon. And you, I mean, it cuts to folks in the audience for Judge Christie. But this was an all an all around really fun topic because we got to go to the place. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of times with our topics, it's all well and good to read about it. We do a ton of research. We always try to do primary source research. But there's nothing more primary than being led through the halls of a haunted ancient place by the head paranormal investigator, the head of the paranormal group. And we got that at Ohio State Reformatory with Hallie. She was Mm -hmm. phenomenal and came off like on an off day. She said, I'm not usually here during the daylight hours, which how fun that you're (laughs) not only a ghost hunter, but you get to work at night in the spooky haunted prison. So she was phenomenal. It was like a two hour tour. Yeah, we had a great time. Yeah, got um, lots of great info, saw some very uh, spooky rooms with creepy energy. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely felt one room that it was an energy shift. As soon as I walked up the stairs, I was like, oh. And then right after that, she goes, so this is a room where we feel or people report a lot of activity. I was like, I feel like there's an energy shift. Leanne had a big reaction mm-hmm. in the uh, solitary shower room, which uh, we learned a lot of bad stuff went on down there, as as one can imagine. So there was definitely a heavy presence, which really affected Leanne in that room. But yeah, it's... It's a very cool and beautiful, uh, what was once a prison. Now it's um, for tours and stuff, but also during Halloween, which we want to go back for. They turn part of it into a haunted house, and I can't think of anything scarier and more fun than a haunted house in a haunted prison. Very cool. 
Oh, yeah. They call it Escape from Blood Prison, which yes. I would watch that movie. Yeah. So, pretty sure Sean Connery <laughs> starred in that. Yeah. It was Escape awesome. From Blood prison. But uh, we had a great time at the prison. But then yes. we left <laughs> and found what several people told us about. And they're like, you're going to see signs for it. And then we saw it like a beacon in the night off the highway. <laughs> Grandpa's Cheese Barn. If you're from the area, I'm sure you know it. It is just as magical as it sounds. It is. Gabe gave you some great recommendations for cheeses. He did. We had some Leicestershire cheddar and some Asiago spread. And then I also got on my own, I got some Manchego cheese that I stuffed in my backpack and I kept and then recently ate. So it was like vacuum sealed. How long was it in there? Oh no! It was vacuum sealed. We feel okay around here. Okay, okay. It was vacuum sealed, so that's okay. It was a vacuum sealed hard cheese, and it'll be like it's aged cheese. I'm like, well, that's just like five more days. You just aged it more, yeah. And at at every hotel we went to, I put it in the refrigerator. I know there's probably like food scientists listening right now. Like Heather, throw away the manchego. You've never been to Grandpa's cheese bar. I will never. You can't throw it away. away. And then sweeties. Which is the yes. uh, chocolate and candy store right across from Grandpa's Cheeseburger. Got a lot of good stuff there. Got a lot of fudge. Mm. We had more snacks on this leg of the tour. At some point, I think we were all carrying two grocery sacks each into every hotel room we went into. So many snacks. They were so good, though. I'm still thinking about that Budweiser <laughs> Wisconsin oh, yeah. cheese spread that on those vegetable crackers you gotta oh, spread I, when we would go to the hotels we'd be like we need a luggage cart and it was not because of our luggage it's because we had trader joe's bags it's our groceries full of cheese and sweeties treats so cleveland and ohio overall was very good to us including hilarities where we shot this oh yeah we got some really good snacks beforehand and again they gave us amazing audio amazing hd video as christy said we look like we're on a soap we do so it was clear. a great room one of our favorite rooms we've played oh, yeah it was it was very cool just the space it was very felt very intimate and like we said it felt like kind of like the Copacabana or something. You felt like the you were cabaret. like, yeah, back in the um, like seventies days of those fun, but it was it was very well kept and and nicer than that. But it was it was a great room. Uh, everyone there was super nice. So if you're from the area, check out other shows there too because it's a very cool space. Yeah, we had a great time there, and we cannot wait to come back someday. Mm -hmm. But until then, you can feel like you were there because we have this uh, wonderful footage. And if you're like, I don't know if I want to go to a live show. I don't know if I want to listen to a live show. Guess what? This is the highest you could – if you go on the Patreon, the video. I mean, my grandmother would say when we would show her pictures of going on a trip, she'd go, I felt like I was there. Mm -hmm. And it's baby's debut. so It is baby's debut. if, If nothing else, go for baby. Baby's baby, so d- and this, you'll see the evolution of baby because now baby is clothed, and this was pre-clothes. So, and we've also now added several other little friends for baby on the table. Baby has friends, and now baby has a legit stand that's like metal with magnets. It's very high tech. So, we've got a baby Mothman between us to uh, to keep us entertained. I really did love this trip, though, and mm-hmm. I would love to go back at night. And like she said, when they do overnight visits and bring, not that we have any equipment, we can bring our friend Nelson from Raleigh. It's true, which you'll meet Nelson Guild. in a later in a later episode. But Nelson and the Ghost Guild were such uh, great hosts in Raleigh, and they are expert profesh mm-hmm. ghost investigators. So. We need them on the case, and we'll all go back to the Ohio State Reformatory. And Lil Wayne recorded a music video, so fun fact. He did. You can see that. It's very obvious which cell it was in because everything is spray-painted gold, including the toilet. 
And she's like, this wasn't original. (laughs) The other really cool thing about our trip there is that places that she took us were places that are not on public tours. Mm -hmm. And then we walk into one of the rooms. She was like, we don't show this to the public. There is a significant amount of asbestos in here. (laughs) Or... Watch out for the raccoons. <laughs> There's raccoons in the basement, in the attic. They're everywhere. So yeah. we had a really fun time, though, and we think you'll have a really fun time listening to it because uh, we get pretty tickled throughout. And I love that you added in not just we, – we cover the history of the Ohio State Reformatory, but you add in a badass neighbor of the <sighs> prison who I had heretofore never heard of. Icon. And the fact – She's an icon. She's much like one of our other, our Atlanta topic that you'll hear someday. She's a fucking icon mm-hmm. and you love her. You love her so you much will. when you learn about her. So you will. You also, will this Judge Christie features one of my favorite ones, very heated um, discussion over the Dyson yeah. vacuum. <laughs> I have an update. Oh, we're no longer beefing because the, the repair was successful. Nice. However, Thoughts and prayers to our friend who was also angry at the Dyson because I don't think their issue was um, repair related. Mine oh. was. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Theirs and, was and just in the video, it sucks and not If in a I'm good not way. mistaken, that that is one of the ones where the camera cuts back and forth to us in the audience. Oh, so it's good. A, it's an embracing experience. Yes, it's and yeah. The man, I wish every club filmed it like that because yeah, hilarious. When he was like, through. "We can film it if you want," we're like, "Oh yeah," and then we saw it, we're like. Good Lord. Holy shit. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was so awesome. Shout out Can't to wait to go back. Everybody there was super nice. Loved meeting everybody in the meet and greet. So thank you so much if you came to the show and if you brought someone that had never been there before. Always appreciate that. That's very fun. And definitely, if you have a chance in Ohio, go visit the reformatory. You donate to its preservation. We did a donation while we were there. And we bought a shit-ass load of merch because they mm-hmm. have Shawshank stuff. And then they just straight up have prison merch, including a really dope crew neck sweatshirt that we both have that's black with the gold logo that says Ohio State Reformatory. So- I was – Heather got it. <laughs> I did not know she had got it. And because – I always have FOMO when it comes to souvenirs. We get back to the hotel. I was like, she put it on that night. I go, where'd you get that? As if, where was she? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't see that. I want one. So I have this rule that, because everyone's like, just order it online. I'm like, it's not the same. I want to be at the place to get it. This also happened to me in Nashville. <laughs> but I made a rule. If I order it while we're still there it counts. in the city, it still counts. So immediately I went on, I ordered it from the reformatory. They sent it. I got it within two days. Good and God. This, I know it was so fast. And there was a handwritten note from them that was like, thank you so much for your purchase. We really appreciate it. It was so like, because it's all run by people that just really want to help preserve this historic building, they're just so appreciative of any type of donation and all the money, you know, goes back into helping preserve it. And they were actively restoring things while we were there. And Hallie said they're making their way from the front to the back. And we saw some rooms that hadn't been touched yet. So it'd be really interesting to go back in a few years and see how uh, that was changed, specifically the toilet room, which is just where they have all of the toilets that they had to remove from the cells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were about to, they were going to gut the place and dump it, but they repaired it and uh, and then we got to visit it. And now you can feel like you were there too. And you know where else you can be at any of our future live shows by going to sinisterhood.com slash live shows. And then mm-hmm. you can feel like you were there and actually have been there and then relive it later. Wonderful.
Greetings to all of you in the audience and to my friends that I made in the bathroom right before the show. <laughs> I always love seeing people. I'm like, I want to hang out with you, but I have to go to the bathroom right before the show. <laughs> oh, welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing? Yes. Oh, we have loved Ohio so We've far. We've had such a great time in Ohio. Amazing such time. friendly people that live here. Everybody has been so nice. We love it so much. We drove up from Columbus. We made a stop on the way in Mansfield. We made a second stop, though. Ashland? We stopped in Ashland. What's in Ashland? Yes, it is! Grandpa's Cheese Barn! That's right! It is, and uh, Doug... Gabe us. My guy was Gabe. You got. I had Gabe. Gabe's Rex. You got to get Gabe's Rex when you go. Gabe. He, he is, gave us all the lowdown. I think he's the cheese boss. Can't be sure. <laughs> but he stopped me and was, again, very friendly. Everyone in Ohio, very friendly. He said, What can I help you with? And I said, I need you to tell me what, if I left here without it, I would be committing an actual crime. And he said, <laughs> I got you. He didn't even pause. He was like, yeah. come over here. Goes behind, gets me some Leicestershire English cheddar cheese. I was like, it's oh. now in our hotel room. My arms were in the air. Like, I was like, at a, I was like, oh, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It was so good. And he gave me some Asiago cheddar dip. It was so good. Then Everything we went so across good. to Sweeties. We did. Annie at Sweeties Annie? was giving us the fudge. Great. She gave us all the fudge. Got the lowdown on why it's called Sweeties, the whole family backstory. Oh, yeah. She was like, Ma, there is a real grandpa and a real grandma. So if y'all ever thought that this was some shtick, some sort of a scam, no. Grandma and grandpa are real. They're very real people. They're very real. And grandpa Mm -hmm. called grandma Sweetie, and that's why they call the fudge shop Sweeties. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. I mean, the implication Almost as sweet as the fudge they serve. So sweet. Yes, it was great. Um, But let's just talk about what is really happening this, tonight. Yes, you may have noticed Baby is this on This is stage. Baby. Baby was given, us, given to us last night by some listeners. Um, and it's a Baby Mothman. Um, these are available for sale on... Uh, I don't remember I the Etsy. It's Etsy. It's on Etsy. But um, this is handmade. Yeah, if you type in handmade Mothman baby doll, like <laughs> probably not a ton of results. This is what's going to happen. And so. Baby is now traveling with us. Um, and he, uh, he's our little mascot now. Yes. Baby's also being sat up by a binder clip because yeah. <laughs> baby wasn't feeling it. Baby was slumping over. Baby but. could not, baby has not learned how to control his neck muscles on his own. So <laughs> it's a stage him a of little development. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, well, you guys, we had quite a tour today and, uh, we can't wait to tell you about it. Oh yeah. So much. We did all, you'll hear about the Shawshank stuff. About the ghost stuff. Hallie was so nice to host us. She is head of all their paranormal programs, which, coolest job ever. Like, your job is to, she's like, I host ghost hunts. And then I talk about the ghost and talk to the spirits. And I was like, I love it so much. <laughs> she said she's been into it since she was 13. I'm the like, fact that your the dream? whole prison has a paranormal department that love someone it. has to be the head of. Yes, yes. It's pretty great. Mad respect. Because yeah. you could just go, no, no, no. We're all about history here. They're like, there's a bunch of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to tell you about it. She's and like, next weekend we're hosting Parapsychon. Yes. Which is a paranormal psychic convention. They lean in. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Evanescence will be there. So. Oh, yes. Evanescence Shout is out. performing. Yeah. <laughs> Which Hallie was very excited about. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> who, who wouldn't be? Yeah. Well, uh, we got a lot to get, it, get to covering it, get man. Get to covering. So, so uh, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. <laughs> Woohoo! 
The Cleveland Clinic, the Cleveland Browns, the birthplace of rock and roll, we all learned from the song, later used as a theme to the Drew Carey show, the Cleveland Rocks. This shining city on Lake Erie. I only paused because, and we've done so many outlines, that there is another Lake Erie in an outline we're doing that isn't pronounced Erie. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why I paused. But this is the Lake Erie that I know. Give us a holler. Once you start traveling, last night we were in Columbus, and the very nice gentleman in the sound booth beforehand, I was getting ready to read the intro, and I said, Columbus is the capital of Ohio, right? (laughs) And he went, yeah. And he goes, but it's better to check before you embarrass yourself. And I was like, thank you. He was so kind. He was like, of course, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. He wasn't like, duh. He was like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. So very nice. we want to make sure we uh, pronounce it right. Yeah, well, this is the Lake Erie we all know. The shining city on Lake Erie is home to Botanical Gardens and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It is the birthplace of icons like Steve Harvey, Bob Hope, and Halle Berry. But another of Cleveland's native sons would be responsible for an iconic structure located just south of the city limits. A structure made so ornate, so complex, and so powerful that it would play host to lost souls, both living and dead, for centuries. Designed by Cleveland architect Levi Schofield, the Ohio State Reformatory, or OSR, opened its doors in Mansfield, Ohio in 1896. The castle-like limestone building was under construction beginning in 1886, opened its doors to its first inmate 10 years later, and remained under construction until 1910. Initially, the OSR was called the Intermediate Penitentiary, and was intended to house inmates that were too old for juvenile correction, but whose crimes weren't severe enough to warrant being sent to the Ohio State Penitentiary. As the years went on, this would change drastically. Yeah, Hallie told us initially, you know, she goes, it's for kids that, you know, stole something maybe, and you don't want to throw them in the slammer with a bunch of hardened criminals. But then later, (laughs) the hardened criminals were thrown in the slammer with them. Yeah. So it's sort of, there was a shift. Rather than punish its inmates, the goal of the facility was to reform and rehabilitate those who passed through its gates, according to the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society. The inmates were sentenced in 18-month increments. During their time inside its walls, the inmates were to receive religion, get an education, and learn a trade. If they showed sufficient progress during their first 18 months, they were released. If not, they were sentenced to another 18 months. And we saw they had, they had accommodated chapel, all types of religions. And we said, said we would become the most pious people ever if it meant we got to come to re- chapel every day and not be in ourselves. Yep, they were like the library's air conditioned. I was like, I will read every book in this library. <laughs> cover to cover. Every single book. And then, yeah, I was like, you could go to chapel, you could go to class, you could go to learn a trade. I was like, of course, this would be the best for I'd learn everything. Yeah, you, because it's awesome. You learn a trade, you get, you know, some camaraderie with she your fellow inmates. She said that if they worked it right, the inmates were only in their cells for like eight hours, which mm-hmm. is when you're sleeping. trying to sleep. I don't yes. know if you are sleeping, but it wasn't um, air conditioned except for the library. And y'all know that Heather and I were not about that. So trying to get the AC. That alone is enough. That's like scared straight for me. <laughs> when people do scared straight yes. for teens, they're like, you wouldn't have AC for like, two years. I'm like, I'm done. I won't do anything ever again. I can't. I can't take it. No. She said they would 
smuggle rocks from the yard and then throw them out their cells to the the glass windows to just get like holes in it so air would come in. Mm-hmm. But the flip side is, I guess y'all have pretty rough winters. And then yeah. it would get real cold. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm so hot, I don't even care. And then in January, they're like, like I've oh, made a huge mistake. <laughs> Throughout its earlier days of operations, the reformatory touted a high success with its approach, as it saw lower recidivism rates compared to other facilities. The reformatory also played an important part in the community, as it provided steady work for those living nearby. Yeah, Hallie said it was majority uh, factories around, and mm-hmm. she was like, you know, factories could come and go, but the reformatory was always there. And they, uh, the warden and his wife mm-hmm. and children, they all live there. And we're like, so they just live here, and like this door is the only thing separating them from the inmates? She's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I go, did the kids ever see the inmates? She's like, Sometimes they let them like take him to school. And we're like, what? <laughs> they had the like the they had a trustee. trustee program where the best inmates could like walk the warden's dog or take their kids to school mm-hmm. or water their plants. I'm like, but take their kids to school yeah, is yeah. totally different. And she said one of them dropped the kids off, got in the car, and just drove away and kept going. And I was like, and were we shocked? <laughs> but, then but then he pulled over and felt so guilty. He called the prison and said. I messed up. I'm in Indiana. Come get me. Either that or he got to Indiana and he was like, nah, I'll take prison. Send me back. Send me back. Yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot. I mean, we vet babysitters pretty hard. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if how, how uh, I guess if you're just there for like a minor offense, True. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, uh, we'll get or to you're it. like, Hey, you've been a little shithead lately, so Carl's going to take you to school today. Don't try anything. <laughs> Carl's like, ah. like, Carl, okay. When construction was complete, the prison was home to the world's tallest freestanding steel cell block, consisting of six tiers, 12 ranges, which is one big common area cell that all of the individual prisoner cells open into, and 600 cells, according to the Preservation Society. When inmates arrived on site, they were stripped of their clothes and their name. Instead, they were assigned numbers and were known only by these throughout the duration of their stay. According to former inmate DJ Fly, who was interviewed on Ghost Adventures. I didn't. I never really figured out if his name was like Dustin John Fly or if he graduated from the reformatory and became a DJ. They're like, we have construction programs and woodworking and DJ programs. So DJing. We did ask Holly if she was there when Ghost Adventures filmed and she said yes. Mm -hmm. And then we said, did you meet Zach? And she said yes. And we said, what are they really like? And she goes... Aaron is exactly like you would think. And we said, but what about Zach? And she said, he's really quiet. So it's a character yeah. is what we found she out. She said he's like soft-spoken, really kind and sweet and just very deferential mm-hmm. and quiet. I'm like, and then the camera's rolling. He's like, I'm going to beat you, ghost. <laughs> like, we also discovered last night that he dated uh, <laughs> Holly, Madison. Holly Madison, the Playboy playmate for like two years. And Heather goes, how did nobody tell us this? <laughs> 
it's like it was everybody's responsibility was to like tell really us rude. this happened. I got zero DMs. They recently broke up. I'm like, nobody even told me that they broke up. I missed the whole relationship. We didn't even know they were together. Now we got to go back in two years. Ugh. I got to read old TMZ articles. They met at a paranormal conference or at his yeah, they met at in his Vegas. Museum. Yeah, they met Who at his museum. Man, Who you, knew? You're going through and he's like, don't touch the Dybbuk box. <laughs> but I have something you can't touch. <laughs> and they go back behind the curtain. Mm. Although they were given opportunities to work on the on-site farm, the inmates did not have much in the way of entertainment. They were given only a single radio that played the prison's radio station, which played Christian and country music. The institution was... Somebody just went, oh. Well, that's the other thing. Like, that's what sucks about prison. (laughs) Well, the other thing, she was like, some of them got radio privileges, but sometimes the summer was so hot, they would take their radios and throw them through the window. And I'm like, for like heat or because the music sucks. (laughs) We're like, what did they play? And she was Mm -hmm. like, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, and I go, so they throw it through the window. Or she said they would also throw it through the window, but they would first take like tinfoil to make an antenna so they would get different stations. And I said, but then it's just playing all the time. She was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Like, that would drive me. I would be like, I need to go the no whole. Wonder you throw I it. cannot handle radio on constantly 24-7. No, you get hot. It's the 70s. You're just, all you have is country music. You're like, fuck, Conway 20. You just like, <laughs> throw it like a football through the window. <laughs> the institution was self-sufficient and boasted its own power plant and working farm. Inmates produced goods in its workshop that it shipped to other state institutions. And we learned it was mattresses, furniture, and shoes, Mm -hmm. which because they shipped the shoes to other prisons, they didn't put the address on it because they didn't want inmates to try to send letters to each other. They would just have, like, diamonds or circles or stars. And one inmate decided he was going to escape in the shoebox, but he didn't know what all the symbols meant. They kept it from them. So he climbs in the shoebox. He tells his buddies, nail me shut. I'm getting out of here. They drive him out. They undo the shoebox lid. He gets out. He is at the more stringent maximum security prison. <laughs> and they go, well, we're not sending you back. <laughs> and he was like, son of a... <laughs> I was like, no, man. The shoe wasn't the way to go. Mm-mm. During the earlier 20th century, locals would come have picnics on the prison's public park grounds. The beautiful landscaping was kept pristine by the inmates. When asked whether the locals ever worried about their safety while laying out at a blanket near the correctional facility, City Council President Virginia Imhoff told the Springfield News Sun, I don't think that's entered anyone's mind. That'd be the first thing that entered my mind. You know, I'm not saying it's uh, inherently dangerous. But it but would it cross is. my mind. Yeah, you consider it. It's just like going, well, we went to the ocean. We didn't think there would be a shark. It's like there's a low likelihood, but it's not impossible. But, it, but it's still like bubbling in the back of your mind. You're like, I could get eaten by a shark if I go out on this boat. You never know. I like to consider all options. I don't I haven't been tested, but I might have anxiety because I think of really dumb scenarios of like, this could absolutely... Like the, we were in the plane and we were sitting over the wing and I was like... Screws could just fall out of that thing. That's not, no, but they could. Yeah. But they could. One of the windows could just suck out. You don't know. They could. It's unlikely. So no one needs to test you for anxiety, Heather. Just let it enter your mind. Just let it enter. She's got it. She's got it. Turns out. (laughs) Also, the other night at the hotel, she goes, "You you think those smoke alarms ever go off? And we're like, I don't know. Well, at 8.30 in the fucking morning, it went off. 
because Heather manifested it. My bad. And I was dead asleep, and I'm like, what is happening? And I hear her and Leanne in the hallway, and I open the door, and I'm just like, she goes, we're going to go downstairs and see if everything is okay. You just stay here, and uh, we'll let you know. And I was like, thanks. And then she just texted and was like, it's fine. Go back to bed. <laughs> I put on my noise-canceling headphones, and I, got, I was like, I'm not, getting, I'm not putting on a bra and going downstairs <laughs> if I don't need to. You're on the second floor. If it did burn down, you'd yeah, have made it out. I have You're time. Fine. Although it was going off, and it was like, do not use the elevators if the alarm is going off. And I was like... <laughs> Like, I'm not going to take the stairs. At the, at the prison, when we were walking, we had to walk up a lot of stairs today. That's great. They're good-looking stairs. They're very nice, and it's incredible how much has been preserved and is original. And it's very... I was like, imagine how many people have stood on this floor, like, mm-hmm. including Tim Robbins. Hell yeah. <laughs> but when we were walking up the stairs, she's like, you'll notice, you'll notice everything else is wood, but the stairs are steel because they don't have elevators, so if there was a fire... The stairs had to be made out of steel so they wouldn't burn up. Okay. So, like, everything else could have collapsed, but the stairs were still there. That's all we got. And I was like, that's genius. I wouldn't have thought of that. No, never. That's why but... I'm not an architect or an engineer. <laughs> that's why. That's one of many reasons why I'm not. Uh, I'm an idea person, but when it comes to, like, actual, like, logistics, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, latex gloves irritate my skin. That's why I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why. During the mid-20th century, societal notions toward criminal justice shifted from a rehabilitative approach to a more punishment-based approach. It was at this time that the reformatory was turned into a maximum security prison. Dan Seckel of the Preservation Society told the Springfield News Sun, A lot of people who take the tour now say their parents drove them by here when they were young, and they told them if they weren't good, they'd end up here. That's parent. That's parenting. There's nothing. <laughs> that's that's what you do. <laughs> My mom never told me I would go to prison. She would go, uh, "If you're bad, everyone in here will look and think I'm a bad mother." <laughs> so she's she, like, "You went to the prison of guilt, yes, is where you she, where you were." Uh, just, yeah, got sentenced. <laughs> she also, Hallie said that a lot of. Um, not a lot, but the inmates will come back that were there and do tours. Mm-hmm. And she said one time a guy came through and he went through the whole tour. And at the end, he was like, by the way, <laughs> I was, I used to live here. It's like undercover boss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what have they done with the place? Yeah. But I imagine, um, I, I don't know if it'd be cool. It'd be, I, I can't say it's cool because I can't speak to that. Mm-hmm. But it'd be interesting to go back and be like, yeah, this is where I was. Unless it was very traumatic and then probably not. Yeah, I think if it was pre-1960, it might be yeah. less horrific. And if then, you were going to DJ school, yes. then it was fine. <laughs> After that, you probably don't want to go back and visit. Mm-mm. At its peak, the reformatory, by then a hardcore prison, housed 2,000 inmates at once. Because of the overpopulation, inmates would have to double up in the cramped 9 by 7 by 8 foot cells. Disease spread like wildfire in the overcrowded conditions, and many inmates died of influenza or tuberculosis. Yeah, it is close quarters in there. It's real close. We, uh, I think it's actually more of a five by seven, mm-hmm. is what she even said. And seeing it in person now, yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's five by seven. There's two. So you use a measuring tape. There's two wire, wire uh, bunks. And then the, in some, she goes, don't sit on those. Those are the original mattresses. And Heather goes, 
and it looked like the original mattress. And then in the corner, within arm's reach of your bed, is your toilet. So there's zero privacy. It's oh. just, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I touched that mattress. Oh no! <laughs> she also mentioned that it's all lead paint, and they didn't. Yeah. They and never peeling. <laughs> they never scraped the paint before they painted over it, so it just painted over and over and over, and it would. It's now peeling in some areas, and she's like, "Yeah, it's all lead paint, so wash your hands real good when you leave." <laughs> and I'm only now realizing I didn't do that, and then I ate a bunch of cheese with my hands. So that's fun. Mmm. As the prison meets, what did you say? Lead. Oh, you got lead. I ate yeah. lead. You got lead. Maybe that's why I, I thought that lead. cheese Gabe gave me was so good. I was like, I gotta get <laughs> more of this. As the prison reached max capacity, systems also began to fail. The building would often find itself without working heat or water, leading to inmates filing lawsuits, according to the Mansfield News Journal. They claimed being forced to shower with cold water in the winter, then forced to stand outside in temperatures as low as 20 degrees Fahrenheit, was tantamount to cruel and unusual punishment. And And that is correct. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And Hallie said, actually, it wasn't completely this lawsuit, but the lawsuit was largely responsible for closing the doors of the prison, Mm -hmm. which was good because, I mean, I don't want to be in something from 1930 that hasn't been meaningfully updated like think about it if you're in a car that hasn't been meaningfully updated if you're driving around in 1930 cars that's probably not safe yeah i mean it's as safe as it could be no no no, a lot of them don't have roofs you're gonna go it's a convertible yeah yeah. back then like a horseless carriage still have convertibles but there are the glass goes up a little higher there's maybe like i don't know more metal around your body Ella's obsessed with convertibles right she now. Really? And she yeah, she was like, Can we get one? And I said, Hell yeah. No. <laughs> Come on. Come on, mom. Don't be boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get a convertible for, for our two children that You can get in a sunroof. Get a car with a sunroof. Okay. That's a good compromise. Well, that's a good compromise. We did see um, several shower rooms, mm-hmm. which they called the car wash because the inmates would go in. They would hang up their clothes on like a row of hooks on the wall, and then down the whole room at the top was a pipe with like shower heads coming off. But you didn't just stand there and like bathe. You got on one end and you just walked down as the water just pelleted you until you got to the end. Yeah, you had to walk and wash. Mm-hmm. And she said that um, many times their uniforms would get stolen because you only got two uniforms. And if you had just been issued a new one and then you hung it up, by the time you got done, somebody would have taken it and replaced it with their uniform. I like to think I'm a smart person. Um, and then I asked her, I said, uh, what about like the different sizes of uniforms? And she was like, yeah, no, they're all one size. <laughs> they're one size. I was like, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I was like, they're like tailored they didn't to each ask, person. Like, your, like, your measurements when you came in and give you specific tailored like, right, uniforms? My bad. My bad. That's not me. Inmates facing further punishment inside the prison were put in solitary confinement, also known as the hole. These inmates were held in the dark, windowless cells with only the Gideon Bible to keep them company. We went down there, and it's dark. And it is uh, not a place I would ever want to spend any amount of time. No, and it's uh, windowless, like they say, and you, there's a... It's like you're in a cave. 
And the basement part is where the showers were, and it's very dark. And she said they do a lot of activity and that they've seen, you know, shadow figures standing in the hallway coming towards the door. She said someone had their hands in their hoodie pocket and was talking with their back turned to the door and felt a hand slide over their hand into the hoodie pocket. And she thought, oh, my boyfriend's here. And she turned around, and there was no one there. So... (laughs) We were in there and we're like, we're all like, we're all getting chills. Can we go? Because <laughs> yeah. it was one of those rooms where you're like, oh, this is oppressive energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of them had um, like regular cell doors, but other ones were just the, like you see in the movies, straight up all steel. And they would put their food through a little slot. And she said if the inmate was protesting and refused to eat, then the guards would make them what they called the loaf which is they took all the leftovers of the other inmates and baked it into a loaf, mm-hmm. and then that's what they would feed you until you finally agreed to eat again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm not. <laughs> I think that the loaf isn't a way to get somebody to eat, but... I guess if you get hungry, and I think it's a power play. Yeah, I think it's a power <laughs> I play. I don't think, yeah, yeah. Conditions in the hole reached an all-time low in the late 1930s, after inmates in the east cell block started a riot. As punishment, the reformatory prison guards forced 120 inmates into 12 solitary confinement cells. A cell meant for one or two was now filled with 10 violent criminals. For seven days, the men were not allowed to leave their cells or given any food or water. Several lives were lost that week after inmates reached their breaking points and turned on one another. Others took their own lives to escape the hellish conditions. I mean, being down there, I can't imagine one person in each solitary cell, Mm -hmm. much less ten. I don't even know. I mean, it would be like shoulder to shoulder. You wouldn't be able to even move. No, I don't think. And I asked because I said, there's one single bed in the solitary cells, and they're pretty small. And I said, you know, when you doubled people up, how did they sleep? And she was like, either one person didn't sleep or one person slept on the ground. And I said, by the time you put ten people in one cell, it's not solitary anymore. Solitary is literally, you're supposed to be by yourself. It's a holding pin. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the one reason they started this riot is because the other prison had this huge fire, and so and it was the maximum security prison. So all the inmates from there didn't have anywhere to go. So that's why they dumped them into the reformatory prison. And now you've got like an eighteen-year-old kid that's in there for stealing something in the same cell with a guy that's like killed ten people. Mm-hmm. And everybody's just trying not to eat that loaf. Right. (laughs) And get out alive. (laughs) Running out of space, she showed us an area that was an attic and that the attic was turned into bunk Mm -hmm. areas. And there's still, I mean, if you are in the area and you haven't been, definitely go. It's a phenomenal tour. It's very cool. Because there's actual, they've written their names on the wall. They've done tic-tac-toe on the wall. They've carved, like there's prisoner numbers and their names Mm -hmm. carved into the rock and everything. Or like counting down days Mm -hmm. and things like that. And she said in that area, that's where the majority of the transfer inmates came from the prison that burned down and she said sometimes during the ghost hunts you can smell the smoke Mm -hmm. because that's where they were initially housed and there was a lot of negative energy and it's also just pitch dark and there was one light switch and when you switch the one light switch off it was very dark. Leanne came with us and she was filming for us and being very brave and walked down into a little side room and Hallie said, you need to be careful of that room. And we're like, oh, spirits. And she was like, no, there's raccoons <laughs> and they're aggressive. <laughs> she was like, they're very aggressive. She goes, I get scared of a lot of things walking around here at night, but the raccoons, they're She's like, huge. No. <laughs> She's like, people don't believe me. And then they'll come and do ghost hunts and I'll say, watch out for the raccoons. And they're like, whatever. And then... 
one person set up a camera and all they caught was a giant raccoon <laughs> on the camera. I'm like, that would tear. And then I told Heather about, please tell uh, the story. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show. It's fine. <laughs> I, an old coworker of mine uh, many years ago, she was quirky. Mm-hmm. And she told us about the time she got attacked by a raccoon <laughs> because she was walking through the forest at night. And her rationale of why this raccoon ran across the land and attacked her was because she was on her period and it could sense that. She had a scar on her arm and everything. I'm like, Olivia, I don't think they know that stuff, but maybe, I don't know. I said, once a month, those raccoons go wild. Every 28 days, if you're, if you're on your cycle, do not go to the Ohio Reformatory because you're going to get mauled to death by these giant raccoons. What were you just looking up? I was trying to find a photo of, uh, of some of the scratchings on the wall. Oh, I took a lot of my phone, but I don't have it with no, me. No, no, I have it on my Google Photos. Okay. Continue. I'll see if I can find one. Okay. In 1938, a guard was killed in the hole after he was clubbed over the head with a plumbing pipe, according to former guard Ike Webb. Webb, who served as guard in the prison from 1954 to 1966, told a Travel Channel film crew, Every day there was some kind of violence. Inmates threw one another over low railings from the cell block's soaring heights or attacked one another or guards with weapons like makeshift knives and lead plumbing pipes. We saw a whole display of shivs we saw that have so been many collected. Uh, and there's, she's like, you can make shivs a lot of way. We're like, we see that, Hallie. There's like <laughs> a toothbrush with, I go, they gave them razor blades? She's like, yeah, to shave. Well, then, yeah, <laughs> they're going to use them. <laughs> That's a weapon. But also maybe watch what they do with them. But also, it was, you know, it's a nice glass display case. There was maybe six or eight shivs in there. And she's like, we got thousands more. There's like a, a whole closet of them. I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can really only, there's only so many. They would uh, use like uh, silverware, like spoons and stuff, and just mm-hmm. grind them down on the, on the stone or whatever. Or take a razor blade and use gum to attach to the end of a toothbrush That's you get you creative see. when and then what what was that quote from one of the inmates on the wall there was a lot of stabbers yeah <laughs> it just said there was a lot of stabbers an inmate like instead of anonymous it was no, just no. an inmate mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta be careful you gotta keep your head on a swivel in one particularly gruesome incident guards discovered an inmate was missing while conducting their morning rounds as a search for the prisoner ensued His body was found stuffed beneath a bunk, according to the Ohio State Reformatory website. The man had been beaten to death by his cellmate. Well, when you shove five men in there, yeah, I mean it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it's a yeah recipe for disaster. You're pushing people to the brink. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. I think it's that are already at their brink. On a more serious note, I mean, I think this is the. The trajectory of this prison, and while things weren't great in the 30s, but when you see there is more of the reformative idea of justice versus the retributive type of justice, you see that the violence much escalated a lot when things turned retributive and went away from, let's all learn, let's get our GEDs, mm-hmm. let's get college credit, let's learn a trade or something like that. You, the stories just really ramp up, and I think the violence and a lot of the uh, now paranormal activity that they feel is more from that era when it was a lot more violent and more angry and punishment. Mm-hmm. Negative energy. Mm-hmm. 
Webb cautioned that life inside the reformatory's walls required the utmost vigilance. Warning. If you let your guard down just once, it could be over. The guards had to be incredibly strict to keep the prisoners in line and maintain safety. Webb told the Springfield News Sun that they could feed all 2,000 prisoners in 25 minutes flat with none of them talking. Boy, it sounds like my mom when she worked at the elementary school up the road. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, shut up. Here's your loaf. Yeah. You Stop talking. That, are you going to drink that chocolate milk? Give it to me then. Don't throw that away. I was like, how many children's milks did you drink? And she's like, I lost count. <laughs> yeah, just get them in, get them out. I, I, there's a lot of quotes from Ike Webb, who was a, not only a guard for a long time, but then came back as a volunteer. And mm-hmm. Hallie today said that he he's since passed away, sadly, but he trained a ton of the tour guys mm-hmm. and gave them her. like firsthand experiences. And there's a cell there that is as it was when he was a guard there and that he gave all of his input into it. So... I wish the, I wish that we could have met Ike Webb, but alas, maybe he was there in spirit. He was spoken of very highly. Oh, yeah. The violence ended in many inmates' deaths. For those whose families would not claim the decedent's bodies, they were buried on the prison grounds. 218 grave sites remain on the property, none of which are marked with the lost souls' names, but only marked with their prison numbers. What we didn't know when we got to this prison was that there's an actual prison next door that is, like, active. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, you walk up, and there's signs that say, don't take photos out of this window. And I didn't have my glasses on. And I was like, what? And, of course, I didn't. I want to be respectful. But you get up, and you go, oh, that's because we're high enough up that we can see over the wall into the next door prison and see folks out in the yard. Mm-hmm. It is a star- it's startling when you think about it that what the conditions were now, we hope that they are much better mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. And there was... Kind of a uh, not as high maximum security, but then she's like, over there, that building over there, that's maximum security. And there's a lot of people in there on death row. So, like, you're in a historical building knowing everything that went on, but you're also seeing, like, we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. It is, it's right there. Yeah, it was, it was pretty alarming. One such prisoner was James Lockhart. Lockhart was serving a relatively light sentence, but had recently been denied parole. This disappointment became too much to bear for the inmate. After stealing a bottle of turpentine from the prison furniture shop, Lockhart snuck it back to his cell. There he doused himself in the flammable liquid and lit a match. Lockhart's screams were soon matched by inmates in the neighboring cells as flames began creeping into their space. Sadly, the guards were unable to open Lockhart's cell door in time to save him. Paranormal researchers have reported hearing disembodied screams coming from cell 13 and that items in the cell feel warm to the touch, according to the haunted places. And we were able to tour the cell today. Mm-hmm. And the way she explained it was when the cell doors close and lock, they're all closed by a central mechanism way, way at the end. And cell 13 was kind of towards the middle. And then on top of that, each cell had a padlock. So when they needed to get one single cell open, you had to come, unlock the padlock on the outside, run down, push the mechanism just for that door. And so it's and sad. Back, and, yeah. and that's why you say, okay, well, that's why we should not have had a prison that was still functioning with 1930s mm-hmm. locks in the 1990s. And thankfully, everybody's been moved out into a places with a lot better technology. To If something like this happened again, you'd be able to open the door mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you looked at it and saw how far it was from where you opened it, you're like, oh my God. And that there was like a... I mean, I think we just, we knew the story and she told us Mm -hmm. the story. It was kind of like a a sad energy in there. Yeah, a heaviness, yeah. Despite the failing infrastructure that left prisoners suffering, the institution attracted the attention of Hollywood. 
1983, the reformatory was placed on the National Register of Historic Places. It had been used in the 1976 comedy Harry and Walter Go to New York, then went on to be featured in 1989's Tango and Cash and 1997's Air Force One. More recently, the building was used in the 2021 Academy Award-nominated film Judas and the Black Messiah. And we had to ask why there was Stalin and Lenin painting. Huge <laughs> paintings in this room of Stalin and Lenin. She's like, have you seen Air Force One? We're like, oh, yeah, that's it right. Was, it was a Russian prison in Air Force One. It made <laughs> way more sense. I was just like, are you guys weird enthusiasts? <laughs> She's like, that's one of the number one questions on we get. And I said, oh, people are like, what's with those? She was like, they don't always ask it in a really nice way. <laughs> I like, oh, no. <laughs> The prison's most famous role came in 1994 as the Shawshank Redemption. Curious film lovers can visit the museum's Shawshank Experience, featuring five rooms of props, costumes, set pieces, and other treasures from the film starring Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. Visitors can also see the safe in Warden Norton's office, Red's parole boardroom, and Andy's escape tunnel. What did we learn about the escape tunnel? That in the movie, all the shit he's going through is really made with sawdust, chocolate syrup, and Oreo crumples. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) Aside from the sawdust, you're going through like... Like this, yeah, you're really having to act because you're like, this actually smells good. I didn't have to crawl through a river of shit to get to freedom. <laughs> so people are like, Andy Dufresne is a fecophilia. <laughs> he is loving that mud. And it's like, no, no, it's Oreos. But it was very cool. They had, um, so the, even though it, he's like crawling through a tunnel for a long time, the movie, it's like, a, I think it was a 12-foot tunnel mm-hmm. that they used just to film it. And they have it there. Yeah, you see it. Mm-hmm. They don't let you go in it. Or no, they don't you let you take a bite. It. But... They couldn't, no. We both also got to sit at Andy's desk where mm-hmm. he did, you know, he was cooking the books and then also at the warden's desk mm-hmm. and see the safe in the warden's room and the library. They have all kinds of Shawshank stuff there. The, um, they filmed uh, the, the actual set for when Brooks gets into the halfway house is there. So that it's all set up like that. And it's a replica. Brooks was here carved in and then it says so was red. Um, Everyone's seen Shawshank Redemption, right? <laughs> if not, if not, not y'all are like, I don't know what the fault. fuck they're talking about, but it's like one of the I, best movies ever made, so just go watch it. Because I saw Shawshank Redemption like so long ago, and then I hadn't seen it, and then when Paris and I started dating, he said that was one of his favorite movies, and I go, what was that about again? And he was like, <clears throat> okay, it opens on the scene. <laughs> and then he did the whole movie, including parts where he was like, and then he, he carves, he carves climbs up on a chair and he carves it. I'm like, oh my God, I have to marry it's this so man. It's so good. It's so, <laughs> so good. So now I like don't want to watch the movie again. I only want him to tell me <laughs> the plot of the movie. They have the actual carving of Brooks was mm-hmm. here in another part of the uh, museum tour. And the though. hat that Morgan Freeman wore and mm-hmm. the letter. So it's really cool. They're, it's very cool. They were able to get a lot of the actual movie memorabilia. Mm-hmm. The actual tunnel that Andy digs was a set piece mm-hmm. that she said, no one kept it. No one yeah. thought about it. Same with the cells. She said they shot it in a Westinghouse warehouse mm-hmm. in Mansfield, but that they just, just they modeled them somewhat to look like the cells in the prison, but it wasn't the actual ones. And I said, you know, I guess at the time you go, all right, movie's over, destroy the set. You don't think like in 25 years people are going to want to take photos in here. Mm-hmm. Well, you should. Should have thought better of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have oh. beef with the producers of Dark Shank. You listen to this? <laughs> The lawsuit filed by OSR prisoners was successful, and on December 31, 1990, the Ohio State Reformatory was closed for good. 
It laid in ruins for the next four years as vandals broke windows and entered the abandoned building to lay waste to its interior. In 1994, one year after Shawshank was filmed, demolition began on the reformatory's outermost buildings. But a group of dedicated citizens intervened. They also started some demolition inside and removed all the toilets. Yeah, now we got and then the toilet she's room. like, we don't take most people back here, but if you guys want to see the toilet room, and Heather's like, what? And it's Love just to. this huge room with all the toilets from the... For, and I go, what are y'all going to do with these? Are you going to, like, restore all these? She's like, I, we really don't have a plan. We don't, <laughs> we don't really know. But I like the idea of a preservation society whose mission is, don't throw that away. <laughs> In that case, I am a preservation there society. Were so, <laughs> yeah, there were so many... Uh, I was going to say stools, but I mean like actual stools <laughs> that you There's sit stools on. in the toilet room. There's Don't a lot surprised. of stools in the toilet room. But yeah, I was like, I guess you just either throw these away or preserve them. She's like, we're starting at the front. We're working our way back. We don't really know what we're going to do. I mean, that, it's like, what'd she say? It's a quarter of a million square feet. I mean, it's huge. It's very large. It's humongous. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society was created and purchased the former prison for $1 from the state of Ohio. It's a deal. They then raised funds via grants and private donations to stop the demolition and begin preserving the landmark for the community. The initial renovations cost $6 million, and the first priorities being to restore electricity and refurbish the plumbing systems. The improvements thrilled those who had set about saving the building. Former guard and later volunteer tour guide Ike Webb told the Springfield News Sun, The first time a toilet flushed, there were celebrations. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, went there today, toilet did flush. It was great. Huh? <laughs> it was great. Uh, went to two different toilets there. Yeah, they both right, flushed. We did. Yeah, and they were great. Yeah. Uh, one of our favorite parts was um, next to where uh, the bathrooms were, there was a giant monster energy like machine. And it just says, use at your own risk. <laughs> With a sign, we're like, what, is this thing haunted? What's, is this on the tour? What's going on here? Either they mean you lose your money in it, which, nah. You put your hand in to get the Monster Energy drink out, and it gets you. <laughs> or, you fucking drink that Monster Energy drink, shit changes. <laughs> That's what we should have done. We should have gone down there, got a monster, pounded it, and then gone on the tour. Oh, man. God. We gotta ride the beast. <laughs> Volunteers renovating the space were often met with more than peeling paint and stubborn toilets. Many encountered aggressive paranormal spirits while working in the prison. When guided tours began being offered to the public, claims of paranormal activity skyrocketed. With so many tortured souls lost at the reformatory, it's no surprise that it is considered by paranormal experts to be one of the most haunted sites in America. Visitors to the prison often report feeling cold spots in rooms, hearing the sound of cell doors being slammed shut and disembodied voices, and seeing shadowy figures lurking in the halls, according to the Travel Channel. We heard something disturbing today. We were down in solitary, and Hallie started telling us a story about one of the guards who sadly was bludgeoned to death, and then we heard the voices of children, and we heard their footsteps and then around the corner came a whole fucking class of fifth graders. <laughs> and then she was like, I got to stop talking about bludgeoning people because the kids are coming. And we we're like, yeah, it's probably good. <laughs> and then this one kid's like, gross. Oh, 
gross. And his mom, it's just peeling paint. Stop touching it. I'm like, that is lead paint. <laughs> so don't let your kid like, touch that. Yeah, he's right, though, because it's a poison. <laughs> and she was like, oh, get over it. And I was like, he won't. He won't if he puts it in no. his mouth. She said they I have, either. I mean, there were several uh, school tours when we yeah. were there. I was oh, like, my yeah. daughter would love it. Dude. She, will, she will be here. Uh, we'll have to bring her at one point. Oh, it'd be amazing. Well, you said hard or late when Hallie was like, I, I snuck my way onto a ghost hunting team when I was 13. And you were like, that's going to be Ella. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, I'm looking into my future. Yes. Mm-hmm. But now she's living her dream. Yeah. That's why it, we, it's a very lucrative career. Mm-hmm. So in 2009, professional paranormal investigator and eager ghost fist fighter, Zach Bagans, <laughs> And the Ghost Adventures crew visited the prison. In interviews with the television show, volunteers recounted their interactions with the inmates, who seemed unable to ever leave. Multiple volunteers saw a white apparition on the East Cell Block's second floor. It seemed to be traveling back inside the cell. Tour guide Mike Middleton told of a black mass he saw running down the hallway. When Middleton confronted the apparition, asking, Did you just run in here? He heard a guttural voice reply, Fucker. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, fuck, man. Rude. I don't, I can't, I don't even know like, who to turn around and be mad at. It's just a voice. <laughs> well, that's what we were saying. She said that uh, somebody at, that worked there got their hair yanked and like, mm-hmm. and I said, that is a. You know, you, you normally, if you're at work and someone yanks your hair, you file a report with HR. But in this case, they're going to be like, okay, um, who's the perpetrator? And you're like, about that. <laughs> and where can we find them? I don't. I don't know. The other side? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to contact the other side's HR for Must that. She right. said that, that um, the guard down in solitary, or a uh, tour guide down uh-huh. in solitary, it was, they all have to go at the end of their shifts like by themselves into all the rooms and check to make sure they haven't left like tourists in there. And I'm like, get a buddy. You can't mm-hmm. just be doing that on, on your own. She's like, yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's really also the raccoons yes, need, right. you need, uh, need help for that. But she Even said, if it's not a ghost, no, you still need a buddy to <laughs> fight the raccoon. You gotta have a raccoon buddy. But she said there was one woman that was, down in the hole and she just heard like footsteps like running towards her super like so fast that she like ducked down because she thought somebody was gonna barrel into her and then nobody was there Mm-mm. and that was another one the ghost punched the guy in the head that worked there mm-hmm. i'm like okay well that's a dedicated <laughs> worker he was like yeah i got punched on thursday anyway see you guys on monday mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she said that most people that are volunteers there feel like they have been chosen to be there and they're there for a specific reason. Mm-hmm. So she said, sometimes people come and it just doesn't work out. That's not a good fit. But others feel like they've been chosen. I'm like, is there a hazing process at the <laughs> performance? They're like, you want to you be a tour guide? You got to go sit in that raccoon room all night by yourself. In the basement with a whole herd of them. <laughs> The volunteers noted that the more recently opened areas were host to more ghostly activities. Additionally, female volunteers seemed to bear the brunt of the ghoul's frustration. Rude. Uh Women volunteering in the reformatory reported having their heads pushed, hair pulled, or their bottoms squeezed. I would like to lodge a complaint because I did not get squeezed today. None of that happened. <laughs> My None husband is back in us. Dallas, so I was mm-hmm. hoping for... It doesn't count if it's a oh, ghost. Whip, whip. It doesn't count. I walked ass forward the whole time. She told me to be careful on the stairs. didn't matter. I was like, listen, I know what I'm here for. 
Not even once. Not once. Christy you put didn't it out there. It. I'm sorry. I was worried about. I was trying to get my own grab, so I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to yours. Also, did not happen. Not even one time. Given the increase in activity, Zach Bagans told one female volunteer, "You're a good piece of bait." Don't say that to a woman. Don't say that. Do you think you ever said that to Holly Madison? Ooh, well, maybe that's why she broke up with him. <laughs> Your face. When moments later, Bagans was subject to an eerie increase in energy, the volunteer, Susan, replied, Maybe you're the bait. Sick burn, Susan. Go, Susan. Go, Susan. <laughs> uh, but Hallie did say that, yes, she, they noticed that female volunteers and female tour guides do seem to get more. But I asked her, you know, like more um, activity or like physical activity. And I asked her, I said, do you feel like the spirits know you because you've been here so long? And she said, yeah, I really do. And it's less aggressive and almost more like playful. Like someone would come up and goose her, you know, on the back or something like that versus like yanking. But she, the room, one of the rooms we went into, she said that she had her ponytail mm-hmm. yanked like relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Mike Middleton was once conducting a tour of the hole when one of his guests, an older man with cancer, was punched violently in the head by an invisible force. When Middleton asked the entity what it wanted, Middleton picked up a voice on his EVP recorder, saying, I'll kill this freak. Middleton was very upset that the spirit would take advantage of a patron's vulnerable state of health. So Mike Middleton wasn't the only one upset with this. Well, I think everybody in this room and us is also upset with this. Do you know who's a defender of the people? Do you know who cares about us? Do you know who wants to go to bat and punch a ghost in the, the mouth rock. for all of us? The fucking rock. Zach fucking Bagans. Oh, Zach he Bagans. was like, oh, really, ghost? Ghost is in here? Oh, really? You want to hit an older man with cancer? Really, ghost? Why don't you hit me? Why don't you hit me? He was like going off. And Paris was watching with me. And he was like, is he trying to fight a ghost again? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. And then, but then the episode ended. And then Paris goes... So can we watch another one? I was like, you just want to watch this man fight ghosts? <laughs> Zach Bagans That's is about everybody to- does. That's why he just signed a three-year renewal. Yes, they were like, <laughs> contract. like in the next you know, three years, Zach Bagans will produce 100 hours of content. I was like, that's not enough. That's mm-hmm. not enough. That's not enough He's ghosts. a hero that's of the people. Fight. I've like come fully come full circle of like joking about Zach Bagans, much like I do with a lot of stuff to being like, I'm all in. I'm on board. <laughs> One ghost that is said to have never left the prison grounds was never actually an inmate. Local Mansfield legend Phoebe Wise's spirit has been seen walking the road leading up to the reformatory. Phoebe and her family made their home on a large swath of land in 1833. Part of their property included the land that would later house the prison. Phoebe had been a hermit, choosing to spend her time in nature with the wildlife as opposed to humans. She was brilliant, eccentric, and loved by the town folk. We don't have proof of it, but I like to think she had a, her own raccoons. She, oh, she's 100%. That her, did her Those bidding. raccoons are the, her raccoons. <laughs> the ghost of her, of her raccoons. Phoebe Wise, as we'll see, fucking rocks. Badass. Badass bitch. And I like that everyone was like, yeah, she's a hermit. And instead of like shaming her, they're like, but we love her. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, she was a hermit. She didn't have time for the rest no. of us. She was great. She'd come into town. Everybody would like get out of her way. They're like, we love you, Phoebe. She was really good looking. All yeah. The, yeah, all the men wanted her. Look at that. She's like, I don't want you. I want my raccoons. <laughs> I, no, I don't have anything to do with you. I'm trying to get my groceries and go back to my silence. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> While the dangerous conditions escalated in the prison, Phoebe experienced dangers of her own in her home just down the road from the heavy iron gates. In 1891, three armed men broke into her home looking for rumored treasure. 
They ransacked the place and tied Phoebe to a chair to try and get her to spill the location of the loot. When she told them there wasn't any, they burned the bottoms of her feet with a torch, according to the Ohio History Connection. Finally realizing there was no treasure, the thieves left. But not before having the audacity to ask Phoebe if they could have a slice of the pie she had baked right before they broke into her home. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You just broke into my house, ransacked the place, burned the bottoms of my feet, and now you want, what kind of pie you think it was, buttermilk? Oh, now you want a piece of my pie. buttermilk pie? Yeah. No, you gotta go, oh yeah, you want pie? Do you know what I want? Non-burned feet. <laughs> yeah. Not my shit all over the floor. Mm. No, also, weird that they were willing to just kick the door in, but we're like, is it cool for you? <laughs> we don't, we're not trying to be rude. Yeah, they had, they had a line that they wouldn't cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once the story of the robbery got out, locals rushed to offer Phoebe support and protection. More than capable of taking care of herself, Phoebe declined the offers. Additionally, she declined the multiple marriage proposals she received from various suitors, telling one newspaper, I don't like men. They're not truthful. I mean, she ain't wrong. Mm. She was like, I don't like men. They break into my fucking home and yeah. try to eat my pie. They burn the bottoms of my feet and then they ate my pie. <laughs> She's like, you know what hasn't done that? My raccoon herd. <laughs> also, there's nowhere for the men to sleep because I'm sleeping in a bed of raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> what did Meyer's obsession with Phoebe turn dangerous when he would not accept that she did not want a relationship with him? Jacob Kostanowicz began to stalk Phoebe, resulting in him being arrested and even placed in a mental health facility at one point. Jacob's obsession escalated on May 22nd, 1898, when he showed up at Phoebe's home, hysterically demanding, Marry me or shoot me! Unbothered, Phoebe used her rifle (laughs) to file a single shot through the window, killing the man. Fuck around and find out. That's what happened. Don't, Don't tempt me. Well, don't hit me with a good time. I'll shoot you right in the face. I don't care. Yeah, it's 1898. Yeah, when you no. go to the court, the judge is like, he has fucked around and found it out. <laughs> also, she didn't find his body till the next morning. That's how much she did not care what just happened. Like, we're going to bed. Yeah, I'm gonna, I got some raccoons to curl up with. I'll see what happened in the morning. It's like, this dark out there. He ain't going anywhere. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Later, when a public inquest was held about the shooting, Phoebe coolly told the prosecutor, I'm not guilty, before refusing to answer any more questions. According to the Ohio History Connection, when the prosecutor declared the shooting, a justifiable homicide, the gathered crowd, made up mostly of women, erupted in cheers. (laughs) Go, Phoebe, go. Phoebe Wise passed away at her home on March 13, 1933. Some visitors to the reformatory claimed to see her spirit walking the road that leads up to the prison, perhaps choosing to spend her afterlife, much like she did her mortal life, surrounded by nature and all the raccoons. That's where she's at. going to get to the she's going to feed the raccoons. Oh, yeah. That is why she's heading to the prison. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yes. a, where you gotta go. Some sites like the reformatory seem predisposed to become a hotspot of supernatural activity. 
Before the reformatory was built, it was a training camp for the Civil War, known as Camp Mordecai Bartley, beginning its historical years prior to the limestone walls going up. Those very walls may have some impact on the supernatural energy as well. Paranormal researcher T.C. Lethbridge put forth the stone tape theory in the 1970s. The limestone has the ability to absorb and release electromagnetic and psychic energies. In a scientific study conducted by the University of Minnesota, limestone had the highest positive correlation with reports of haunted locations. There is some merit to this claim, as limestone is an efficient energy distributor according to Chemistry World. And we mentioned that, and I said, oh, so all this is limestone, right? And she said, yeah, and people say... It's beautiful, too. Oh, it's gorgeous limestone, but mm-hmm. it's, I guess there's some sort of... Because it is, it has a predisposition to conducting actual electricity, that there is some thought that it conducts the same electromagnetic tendencies that cause the paranormal. And it's all exposed. A lot of stuff in, in the prison is ex- exposed brick, mm-hmm. the li- all down in the hole, like the walls are all limestone, mm-hmm. so... A lot of stuff to hold on to. Zach Bagan suggested that the lack of a proper burial for the inmates by simply tossing them in wooden boxes and putting them in graves marked only with their prisoner numbers could have led to their souls not being able to cross over. This is corroborated by Legends of America, which published an article titled, What Makes a Ghost? According to their research, If the spirit believes he or she did not receive what they believe is a proper burial... They may remain. So by that logic, you got 218 people that are just roaming around. Did not receive proper Mm-mm. burials. Like, like he said, they just sort of, they made the boxes in the, they made the caskets in the woodworking shop mm-hmm. and didn't mark them, didn't, you know, and it was a little bit strange because there was such a religious undertone as far as having, like, going mm-hmm. to chapel and stuff. And they may have done, like, some sort of funeral service, but just having a number on the grave and not having, like, family to visit could leave somebody restless. Mm-hmm. Well, we went, and uh, Allie and, or Hallie and Ashley were super nice. We had a wonderful time. We highly recommend it. Heather's going through our pictures right now. See if I'm there's anything we skipped to tell you all oh, about. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, what was that? The dining room. There was a whole thing about the dining room, and one of the inmates said, there was a lot of gravy. <laughs> Well, if that's true, probably because that masks the flavor of a lot of stuff. You just dump gravy on something to cover it all up. Absolutely. We also saw the electric chair, which they didn't oh, actually yeah. conduct any executions at the Ohio State Reformatory, so it's on loan. Uh, but they don't let anyone go. She goes, we we don't let anyone sit in it. I was like, well, I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> She's like, people do though. Yeah. A lot of people want to. Oh sit yeah, in you'd be, it. she's like, you'd be surprised. People do, but they said that there is a lot of. It was it was activity. an actual one that many executions have been uh, conducted. conducted on, and it's so ancient looking. It's wild. That, it is that, that yeah that was a thing still. Big wooden chairs with leather straps, and they have like the sample sponge and stuff that they mm-hmm. use. And she said on a lot of the nighttime ghost hunts, when they do, if they close it off, that they'll have some of the investigators near either of the doors, maybe not knowing what's in there and just going, my machines are going wild in this area. And it's the area with the electric chair in it. Mm-hmm. Yep. What else did we, uh, uh, oh, we did use our very high tech, um, App. app that we downloaded from the Apple Store, <laughs> our app. Ovulus app to to see, and I think we got um, 
prayer. We got prayer. We got hundred in the shower room with all of the various hundred. The word hundred. Oh, I didn't see that one. Maybe it's a hundred people who were all taking a shower at the same time, which it oh. could have been. And then we got prayer. We got fear. Remove family mm, threat. Yeah. We always end up with the word bacon. <laughs> we got bacon at Kel's Irish Pub, and we got bacon again today. And That's, I'm like, I think that says something about us more than the <laughs> ghosts. I don't know. Yeah, um, we uh, one one picture you haven't run across there yet is uh, who who was the who filmed the rap video? Oh, Leanne is Little Wayne. Lil Wayne filmed... Uh, he filmed uh, Go DJ there. Yes, and they have the, the cell, and there's a little plaque next to it that tells all about it. The thing is, she's like, you'll notice that in this cell, um, the toilet is gold. And it's because Lil Wayne spray-painted the toilet, everything in there, the whole, like, uh, <laughs> bars and everything, it's all gold. So it looks a little different than the cells next to it. Yeah, it's red walls and a mm-hmm. gold toilet. And you walk in there and you go, well, this is kind of nice. Okay. But it's for the rap video only. Uh, also, a very good song, fun song. But, yeah, we looked at, uh, oh, well, I had an encounter today. In the room with the chair. Mm. So, Leon and Christy were a little bit behind me, and I was walking with Hallie, and we were on the third floor, and it was the former deputy warden's quarters, Mm -hmm. and also where the guards could rent places to stay, because she said, if you were a single guard and you didn't want to, you know, have to pay rent, higher rent in the city of Mansfield, you could just rent a room on, on site. Sounds a little depressing because you like never leave work, but that's fine, whatever, no judgment. And one of the rooms has no windows. So she walked me in there, and I was just kind of filming, you know, whatever. And I was standing in this back corner. So when you walk in the room through the front door, or through the, you know, main door, I was standing to the left sort of behind the door and just, you know, do-do-do, trying to take footage or whatever. And then um, I felt someone blow my hair and touch my shoulder. And the footage is me going, nobody touched me. It's cool. It's cool. I didn't get touched. I didn't get touched. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Where's everybody at? Where'd you guys go? Because <laughs> Hallie and I had walked in, and then Christy and Leanne were still, like, taking foot. I don't know what they were doing. But she went out to get them and left me in there alone. I was like, where'd you guys go? What's up? What's up? <laughs> and then they all walked in there. And then she told us that just three weeks ago that there was a, a psychic, and there's a single chair in the center of the room. And Christy just immediately walked in, sat right in the middle of the room. She's like, yeah, it's okay, what's up? <laughs> and so she said that the psychic had done a reading a few days or a few weeks earlier and that there were some folks standing along the wall and the woman that was standing to the left of the door when you came in where I was standing as the psychic said you know is there any energy in the room and the psychic said they were feeling like the energy was like pushing on them that the psychic said back up get away from me that the woman who was standing where I ended up <laughs> passed out and had no recollection of the day and didn't know what happened and they had to call 911 she was totally fine of course but she, she said, stayed for the rest of the ghost tour hell yeah that's some dedication but she I was also like we're really glad she was okay because there's no elevators she's like <laughs> right. you can't get a gurney up here yeah. you can't get a gurney like three flights of stairs uh, but that was definitely my feeling today where I was like ooh that was the only floor that I felt like there was uh, like a heaviness to. As soon as mm-hmm. we walked up the stairs and got to that, I immediately was like, oh, there's a big energy shift here. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that room, I was I kind of, it sort of took my breath away when it, and it, you know, who knows what it could have been. But she did mention that that was a particularly active room and that recently also somebody was scratched in there. Mm-hmm. And then the same with the uh, the hole downstairs. She said that mm-hmm. within the last few weeks on one of the paranormal hunts that someone was scratched. 
I hope they're having people sign waivers <laughs> before they go in. I walk through an area and I go, whoa, it's cold here. Did anybody else feel that breeze? She's like, yeah, there's a breezeway. It's just because these... I was like, oh, okay. Cool. It was very cool, though. Uh, I highly recommend. Has, has anyone been to the prison? A couple Give people. A Give us a woo because we can't see. A couple people, okay, yeah. It's very visits. cool. Um, it's very beautiful mm-hmm. for a prison like it i was like it feels like a courthouse almost or mm-hmm. like um like an old library or something so yeah if you're in the area yeah. check it out and then check out grandpa's cheese barn can't miss it you can't miss grandpa's they cheese have barn. homemade ice cream everyone there so nice the nicest so and i got nice. a shirt that says i cut the cheese at grandpa's cheese barn she did. and i'm real excited about yeah. it and it says and i thought about you at the bottom, so I I will put that on. <laughs> I didn't know it said that. Oh, yeah, I'll put She it walked on. up with a t-shirt. I go, did you get a t-shirt? She goes, I'm all in. I was like, all right. <laughs> I'm all in on the cheese part. We have so much chocolate and so much cheese uh, and crackers in the hotel room right now. We got some Buckeyes in Columbus, some yeah. Buckeyes candy. I had a peanut butter Buckeye cookie. Oh, Oof. God, it was so good. Also from good. Grandpa's Cheese Bar. You guys got to go to Grandma's Cheese Bar. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Grandma's Cheese Bar. If you're going through Ashland, no, Ohio, they don't have to pay. We'll do it for free. No, we'll do it for free. Yeah. Oh absolutely. man, yeah, they were great. Everybody was, was great. Everybody, what's what's the what we when we drove into Ashland, it said home of the nicest people on earth something or something. Like and I was like, it is. Yeah, they were not this wrong. Is, oh no, it said headquarters of the nice people. We were like, we found it. <laughs> we found their headquarters, and Finally. it turns out they all work for Grandpa's Cheese Mart. Right. <laughs> They're all game. So nice. Yeah. So helpful. Fantastic. Everyone in Ohio has just been. Amazing. Well, so what do we think? Uh, oh, wait. We have a conclusion. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I jumped ahead of myself. Wait, wait. Today, the Ohio State Reformatory is overseen by a volunteer board that are dedicated to the preservation and maintenance of the former prison. All donations go directly towards this cause. The reformatory is open to the public every day from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and offers various types of tours and experiences. During the month of October, the haunted prison takes fear to a whole new level with their blood prison haunted house, which several of the areas she was like, we can't go in there. It's been permanently taken over by the blood prison. <laughs> We're like, are there just props in there? Like, what's in there? We want to see what's in there. It's real weird. I was like, what about us? <laughs> Indicates we don't want to see something that's real weird. <laughs> I'm frankly We're like, to- this whole thing is weird, Hallie. <laughs> like, that's not any more weird than anything else we're talking about. Oh, my computer, to my computer jumped. There we go. See, normally we'd edit all this out, but you guys get to just hear it. <laughs> According to the event's website, Escape from Blood Prison offers the only haunted hellscape in a real prison at the Ohio State Reformatory. Don't wait to test the authenticity. Violent men were kept here, and some never left, even after death. <laughs> it's also open during December. For those that celebrate Christmas with blood prisons. That's right. <laughs> so, sounds like it. She was like, it gets really cold here. I'm like, it'd be spooky as hell. Go through this mm-hmm. blood prison all cold. And yeah, I think one year the thing was Krampus because we saw a Krampus shirt. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, I highly, I, oh man. We're going to come back. We might come back. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we're going to be in, around that time. But it sounds like a very fun time. Well, whatever time of year you visit the Ohio State Reformatory, there's a good chance you may experience your own paranormal encounter. 154,000 inmates passed through the gates of the reformatory during the 94 years it operated. 
More than 200 of those men lost their lives on the prison grounds. For many, it seems as if they received more than just a life sentence. They are forced to do time for eternity, while their restless souls remain forever trapped within the prison's walls. For those who may be on the fence about visiting the haunted site, just remember the wise words of Andy Dufresne. Get busy living, get busy dying. That's from Shawshank. If you haven't seen the movie, you should go see the movie. It's one of the best movies ever made. Also, the whole time Paris was telling me, he would not just say Tim Robbins' character or Andy. He would go, Andy Dufresne, and then Andy Dufresne. I'm like, you don't even talk like that. And he was like, Andy Dufresne was an accountant, and Andy Dufresne did not kill his wife. Andy Dufresne. I'm like, Andy Dufresne said. So um, I'm very pleased to be able to quote Andy Dufresne. Thank you very much. Well, so what do we think? Oh, wow. It is a phenomenal place. There is, there is def- definitely an energy. When We're you talking drive, about the cheese barn right now. Yes, the, the cheese barn. When you drive around the corner, you see that there are so many silos it's a of wonderful cheese. place. There's an energy. You think, how could there be this much cheese? No, but for the reformatory, certainly. I mean, you, we were... I won't say it took our breath away, but you're kind of driving down a little bit of a more rural road, and we were like, whoa, that is a big-ass <laughs> building. And then you yeah. go down the drive, you know, and it's very, it's a big, giant, gothic mm-hmm. building, very, it's its own It would be character. very intimidating if you were a prisoner being transferred oh, there to drive up on that. Yeah, certainly. Sure. And then and in any movie it's in, it's its own character mm-hmm. in the movie, and you can see why. And they've done a lot of work, and it's... So much. And you you look at it and you go, it's a good thing that, it, that the citizens swooped in when they did and saved it, not just because they filmed Shawshank there, but because it it's a testament to what humans went through, mm-hmm. like remembering what they went through. And then also now it, it brings tourists to the area. It also, you know, we're all a bunch of Shawshank fans. If not, <laughs> go watch the movie. Um, so there's a, pris- a blood prison on it. <laughs> there's also a house. house. Yeah. Uh, but I think it, at the time when it was functioning as it was intended as a reformatory, it was a vital part of the community. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, it's also a testament of why the city council president said, yeah, we would go have picnics there. We had no fear because it was functioning in the reformatory way that it was intended. So there's a lot of lessons we can learn from, Mm -hmm. I think, the trajectory of the whole prison's history, but also that, you know, let's all take time to preserve the history so we don't repeat it. Mm -hmm. And it's very spooky inside, I think. It's it's spooky. It's it's, everybody was has put in so much work to preserving it. It's very cool to see. I was like, was this original? Was this original? She's like, yeah, all of this. I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah. It's they've like even taken back in time. Like taking time to cut holes out of the bricks. Mm-hmm. You can see the mechanism of they have a lot of pocket doors throughout. Mm-hmm. So architecturally it's really cool. It and is. especially you know, you were going to say, okay, well, the, you know, if you're you're saying, okay, well we can either demolish it, run it down and who knows what would get built in its place. And now you have something that, you know, people pay, you pay to go on a tour or whatever and uh, you know, they host keep events. it going. They have weddings. That got me. <laughs> I was, like, I was not surprised. I was about to ask, do y'all ever do weddings here? And then she was like, this room is used for weddings, but you can't take photographs on parts because the other prison is out the windows. And you're not like, so we're like, you'd have to really angle where you can take your, your pictures a here. Certain way. I regret, deeply regret the choices I you made for my let, wedding. You should have looked into it. should have done a destination sure. wedding in Mansfield. <laughs> uh, I done goofed. But as far as the spirits, I mean, I, I felt that thing touch my shoulder and breathe on me and definitely got the pinpricks, the nerves. I got, uh, and it wasn't in every room. I think if I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, Heather's a scaredy cat, which I am, you could kind of write it off. I was feeling like, when you walked up those stairs and you were like, oh, there's a presence up here. I was like, I don't really feel anything. And I was just kind of bebopping along. Got me, man, in that windowless room. They got me. 
Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Definitely felt some some weird stuff there. I would love to go on like an overnight ghost hunt. She said they uh, do overnights that are like from seven p.m. to three a.m. Mm-hmm. And we're like, do people sleep? She's like, no, everybody's yeah. just walking around. That's what I said it, again. With the raccoons. I like to. Th- I like to think I'm an intelligent person. Honestly, that's what would creep me out the oh, most. Those are raccoons at night? Or, or just other things yeah. that are there. There Creepy were a crawlies. lot of birds everywhere. There was a dead bird in the basement. In the basement. Yeah, I was like, there's a dead bird over there. And she goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. Like, there that's is. not the first time that has happened no. at all. Uh-uh. I mean, you got all those raccoons in there. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, I would love to go at nighttime. I did yeah. ask. So what t- where do people sleep when they do the overnight ghost hunt? She was like, they're pretty active in the hunt part. I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> they don't come here just to nap. <laughs> I was like trying to pick out. But she did say she's like the room where they have the weddings. It's kind of the grand hall. And they used it in Shawshank as like the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've come up. Uh, you know, people come up here and take naps sometimes. It's <laughs> like. I've come up here. Is that what I heard? <laughs> but I'd take a nap up there. It was nice. It looked nice. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, go visit if, you, if you're in the area, which you all seem to live here, so you probably are. Um, well, that's the episode, but if you've been to a live show or you've listened to a live show, you know that we do a fun bit um, that we do for our Patreon, but we're going to do it for you guys tonight. We what does she the have? gavel. What do you have under the desk? If you're a Patreon, th- first, thank you so much for your support. But also, you know, we do a bit called Judge Christie. I have my gavel here. Um, baby, I'm going to set it right next to you. <laughs> uh, so what we do is, um, and Heather will kind of give us an example to get us started, but we want to hear your grievances. No bummers. That's the only rule we have. Um, and keep them kind of short. If we need to get more information out, we'll ask you some questions. But it could be a minor grievance, something fun, something, you know, whatever. Uh, if the person you have a grievance with is here, Even extra better. bonus points. But uh, Heather will, will talk about a grievance. And then um, when we get to it, you have to shout out, I have a grievance. And then someone will bring you a microphone. I got a lot of problems with folks. Uh, but I, uh, I'm going to do a fun thing tonight. Yell out a one-word suggestion, and it will inspire my grievance. Sushi. sushi. Oh, sushi. Sushi grievance. Food, restaurant. Let me think. Mm. Oh, I dated a guy. I dated a guy, I won't say the era, because some of my exes listen, but I have, was not very familiar with sushi, and so I can tell you, I was younger, all right, spoiler alert, <laughs> I was in my early 20s, um, and I dated a guy, and I, we had a, somewhat of an age gap, all right, it's narrowing down who it was, um, <laughs> And it was one of our early dates, and we went on a date, and he took me to a sushi restaurant, and it, they, if you've never been, don't feel ashamed, first of all, <laughs> because I had never been, and they bring you the piece of paper, and they give you the pencil, and you have to mark it. I didn't know what any of the words were. I didn't know what the pencil was, and... You didn't know what a pencil was? No, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I didn't know what it was for. I was like, what am I? Do you put a one? Do you? And so I was sort of overwhelmed by the whole yeah. experience. And I asked, you know, well, okay, so what are we doing here? And he, <laughs> really? You don't, you don't know what any of this was? And was very... Condescending. Extremely condescending. And just took my paper and then just started marking sushi for me. 
And then it came out and it was, you know, it's like a roulette, right? It was like good, bad, whatever. And I didn't like a lot of it and I didn't eat a lot of it. And then he was mad because I didn't eat the sushi that he picked. Mm. So I felt like I was thrust inappropriately into being forced to eat sushi instead of being like, this has this, this, and this in it. You know, explaining it to me, this was, again... Using as an opportunity to, like, connect and be like, oh, this is a cool thing that you're, mm-hmm. I get to share with you for the very first time. And Steady this was, took it as a way to just swing his tiny dick. I don't know. <laughs> to his credit, it was Okay, maybe but, it wasn't that. <laughs> I'm not here to lie. I'm not here to, like, hate and lie, but... I but also at the time I should point out this was like far enough ago that I had like a Samsung blackjack like I didn't really have the internet so I couldn't like secretly be like I'm gonna just take a picture and go to the bathroom and Google it um, so I just was like relying on him and mm-hmm. so my grievance is did he do the right thing in trying to take the paper away no. from me? okay well thanks of course not so no we he's should an break asshole. up oh wait we already did <laughs> <laughs> I know who this guy was and. Um, <laughs> I was trying to make a Superman pun. No! I can't. It wasn't him. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, well, um, not all heroes wear capes, but dickheads do. That's what I'll say. He was wrong. I was right. Thanks. Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's kind of like a minor grievance. So if you have one and you want us to rule on it, shout out. I have a grievance and they will bring you a microphone. Oh, we Ooh, have right two grievances. Oh, yeah, two in the front. Probably with the same person. They're <laughs> sitting together. They each have a grievance with each other. Here we go. Oh, super cute shirt. All right. Want to go there first, and then we'll come to you guys next. Uh, tell us your name and pronouns. Kate, she, her. Thank you. All right. This is my sister, Chloe. It's not Hi. with her. It's our mother, though. Okay. So, oh, your grievance is about your mother? Yes. Okay. Um, and half of my family as well. Um, I don't remember how we got on this topic, but one day uh, it came about that my mom said she would not go to our execution if we were on death row. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm a, I'm a mental health counselor. I was like, how could you not do that if that's what I wanted you to do? And she's like, that would be my last memory of you. I would never do that. Fuck no, never, never, never. <laughs> right? And so we're like, team you gotta go to the execution <laughs> and my mom is straight up like fuck that no never so what it god so your your question is should your mom have to go to your execution yes should that ever happen i'm a follow-up yes. dang so in this scenario <laughs> what crime have you done mm. i um, mean pretty much murder is the only one but like was there possibly circumstances? Did a guy yell, marry me or shoot me? <laughs> um, I'm wrongly accused. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, that changes sure. everything. If you're wrongly accused... Well, really, does it change everything? I get, like, she doesn't want to see that happen, but is this a... Is this a bad analogy, metaphor? You know what? Give it to me. Lay it I'm on I'm only going to tell you, and then okay, you tell me if it's bad okay, or go not. Ahead. Go ahead. It's like... If you have to go, if you have to go put your dog down, but yeah. you don't want to be in the room with them because it's too sad. She did that, but fuck! she went with the dog. But she wouldn't go with you. She oh. made my dad take our dog yeah. to put them. Oh, so she wouldn't go with the dog. Yeah, she made oh, your dad. You can't be surprised then. Of yeah, this is a pattern shit. of behavior. It's, that's what. She, that's that's her. It sounds like your dad will go though. Yeah, your no, dad will be there. Your dad will be front row. Your dad won't go either. No, he said he would cry and he doesn't want to. Well, of course he's gonna cry. 
I mean, you're going to cry like, normally you put I'd your go, dog down, too. Normally I'd go, but I don't cry in public. <laughs> so if there's a private room where I can grieve silently, that's fine. Oh, that is man. so funny. that you're, But your dad would put the dog down. Yeah. They yeah, well, the dog. It, it was... My mom told him to, so he had to. He didn't really want to. But she went with me to put our cat down. So it's like she can pick and choose. Okay. Well, she has the capacity to watch the life drain from something she loves. I'm going to rule in favor of you and your sister because she brought you into this world. So she has to watch you be taken out by somebody else out of prison. Them's the rules. Those are the rules. We had one right here. With your homemade okay. keep it creepy shirt. I Drew love it. Thank Very cute. You. What's your name and pronouns? Alina. She, her. Hi, Alina. Hello. Hi. Okay, mine is not nearly as epic. <laughs> that was we'll epic. The um, so I have lived in my apartment for four years now, and I plan on moving out in the next few months. When I first moved in, it's an older place, so there were, and quite a few people have lived there, big turnaround. So there were things like, you know, nail holes in the wall, like the baseboard had like paint on it or chips, like little, th- you know, the deck wasn't in best condition, little things like that. They never got fixed. Mm-hmm. I, we pointed them out when we went to look at the apartment, never actually got taken care of while we were there. The big things, but not, mm-hmm. not the little. So I did have to put down a security deposit, uh-uh. as everyone does. Uh-huh. Um, not gonna lie, I've probably done a, f- a few things. Uh, I definitely <laughs> a few added things. I added some holes. I um, mm-hmm. I kind of tacked my blackout curtains right against the wall. Really mm. blacked the room out. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, got a few bleach stains on the counter. Oh not, no, not related to today. Um, <laughs> but nothing. I've kept the apartment in good condition. Relatively the same it. as it was when you moved in relatively, okay. you know, somewhere in terror. So I put a big hole in the wall. We plastered it. We painted it. Killer job. You'd never know. But am I, you know, can I ask for my full security deposit back? So are you saying you feel like because they never repaired previous damages that you should be given some leniency with the damages? Like it's a wash almost? That's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay. I just, knowing that I caused a few, you know. You're willing to say, like, y'all didn't fix this stuff, but I'm also not going to pay for what I did as retribution. That's, those, those were kind of my thoughts. Yeah, it- those were your thoughts? Okay. Heather, as a lawyer, what is, what's the <laughs> deal? Oh, my. Uh, well, I'm not as familiar with Ohio law. I would say you're not responsible for the stuff that happened before you got there. If you, I Did don't Did they know. make you fill out, like, a checklist where you have to go through the apartment, which nobody ever fucking does, because who's going to look at every baseboard in their apartment? You just figure that out in the four years that you lived there. But did you put anything down at the beginning that's like, these holes are already here? No, no. We, yeah, um, we never do. Typically, you know, people will take pictures and stuff, mm-hmm. but since I actually knew the people through somebody mutual, mm. it just wasn't as a formal when yeah. we did the walkthrough. Yeah. So I just, I don't want to feel guilty knowing I caused small amounts of damage and want my full security deposit. So you just back. want us to give you permission. It's <laughs> basically, here's the thing. Ask for it all back. Yeah. I always straight ask face for everything. Just be like, I didn't do that. I always ask for everything. I don't know what you I've lived in this hellhole for four years you didn't fix before I came in here. 
And then, or maybe, and then if they're like, well, we'll give you half, then you can know, like, all right, I'm okay with that because I legal. caused some damages, but I also should get some compensation back. Okay. Yeah, okay. or just threaten to bust a hole in the wall, although this is not legal advice. I am not your lawyer. If you need legal representation, you call the law offices of Tim Misney. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've heard, we've heard Tim Misney is... Uh, I've been seeing his face on billboards, and we were like, there's one, and then right adjacent, and then across... The, and I was like, he's everywhere. everywhere. And he also, he doesn't look like he's a lawyer. He looks like he's going to go hit someone with a crowbar for you. Because it doesn't say, Tim Misney, I'll represent you in court. It's like, I'll make him pay. And you're like, but got, oh, like, like monetarily, he's eyebrows. like... Brows are incredible. They're just like, ding, ding. like they're draw- like a villain, a cartoon villain drawn on. Okay, yeah, oh, he, yeah, like Uncle Leo. He got his <laughs> eyebrows blown off and someone drew him back on. But yeah, this man does not look like he is in a court of law. He just will wait for him by their car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> if you against- contact Tim Misney contact if Tim you Misney. need representation. But Absolutely. we say. Ask for it all, it. and then if they give Blow you half, up. know that you'll still be happy. There you and go. If they give you nothing, contact him, Mizzy. <laughs> That's right. He'll make them pay. Final ruling. <laughs> He'll make them pay. Yeah. Who else has a grievance? <laughs> this right. person right here, I see. You got to yell out, I have a grievance. There's because one. Heather makes you. I got to hear it. She makes everyone do it. I hear it. She's got to hear it. Um, okay, so um, my name's Jordan. Um, oh, I, she, her. So, hold on, I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. Okay. She, she was like, can, I, can you do the gavel? I thought she wanted <laughs> to take the gavel. I, and I was like, like, ma'am? You want the gavel? Okay. She wanted to bang. She wanted, she wanted to, to bang. bang her. All right. All right, I'm sorry. What's your name and pronouns? Uh, Jordan, she, her. Hi, Jordan. Jordan. Um, so I am um, engaged. We're getting Congrats. married next year. Um, my fiance hates glitter. <laughs> with a burning passion. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> hates glitter. His name's Gus. Um, to the point, uh, our first Christmas together, he invited me over to help decorate the tree, which I thought was very romantic. It turns out he's colorblind, and the only things that he had, the only bulbs, were yellow um, or gold, red, and green that his mom had bought him. And he couldn't tell where they could go. <laughs> um, and so I tried to buy new bulbs, and... Some of the bulbs had glitter on them. Uh oh! Freaked out. This oh, was no. before I knew about the glitter thing. You found out um, fast. Yes. So, and fast forward now, it's to the point if I wear like shimmery eyeshadow, which, as you know, for women, ninety percent eyeshadow mm-hmm. is shimmery. Mm-hmm. Highlighter, even speck. Oh, I see glitter. I can't. I can't kiss you. You see, I what? see glitter because he's worried about the transfer onto him. Yes, what and I, to him? he says all of this in like a loving, joking way, not in but like also, a. But is he joking? It. Really? He means it. But no, he's not joking. Really, he will not. He will lean back and won't come near me. He's wow. afraid that he's going to look glitter on him. That is how much. Like you can't even jokingly bring glitter wow. around him. He so are mad. you wanting to have so glitter at your wedding? It is, yeah. Is it? I don't want, I'm not going to, I will not not wear something even though I want to wear it just to please him because that's not the way that my mother sitting next to me raised me. Good job, mom. But is it a, can I wear some like highlighter or like, you know, if it has a little bit of shimmer? We're also getting married on April Fool's Day. Oh, loophole. It's great. You got a loophole right there. So, but I'm also afraid that 
genuinely afraid of it since it's April Fool's Day. It also means you won't kiss me on our wedding day. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Is his aversion to glitter so strong that if you had just some, like, highlighter on and they said, you may now kiss your bride, he'd be like, oh, no. I Would he push you away? I like to think that he will, he will still Is kiss he here? me. No, he's not okay. here. Um, well, that's one reason to break it off. <laughs> I'm kidding. I have a question. Did you, have you ever asked him what his deep-seated aversion to glitter is based upon? Like, was Just he like somebody it, glittered him in the face, or he wronged someone and they sent him a glitter bomb, and it brings back the shame? I get it. I mean, I don't get like the extremeness of it, but glitter sucks. Like yeah, glitter, it gets once everywhere, it gets it never in comes your house. house. Yeah. I broke an, a glitter ornament five years ago when we moved in, and I'm still finding mm-hmm. glitter in, everywhere. in mm-hmm. the floor and shit. If Ella gets into glitter, we're, I don't even allow it. Like, it's, it's wild. Yeah, glitter, glitter sucks. Craft glitter, to me, though, is separate from a shimmer-type makeup. I think that, that you can yeah. His yeah. aversion to glitter cannot encroach, then, on what you would like to do with your own body. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And that's, I, I will still wear it if I want to wear it, yeah. even now. Um, Could and you I, have a conversation pre-wedding where you're like, I would like to wear some, sh- say, shimmery. Mm-hmm. Shimmery highlighter. <laughs> Are you going to flip out on me? What, how would that go? Um, he would probably listen. He's a pretty okay. listening. I mean, he's very good with I, I would say maybe Simmer. just let him know ahead of time so it's yeah. not sprung on him. True. He, but if you want to do it, do it. I did point out, I did actually bring like a glitter, an actual glitter eyeshadow, like the, the chunky, yeah, thicker yeah. glitter eyeshadow, and point out this is shimmer. Uh-huh. This is glitter. That's yes. true. Yeah, you very don't different. understand that those are two separate things. Yeah, I mean, and he the still is like, no, nope, it's get still off. glitter. It's the just smaller ones, glitter. Just get it off. Oh, he, I've always yeah. the glitter. I feel like gets stuck in my eyelid skin. Yeah, so I don't. Even, and it could get in your eye. That's a danger. He's smart for hating that. Yeah. but <laughs> the shimmer is just it just wipes the off. Shimmer, it's like yeah. anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think um, wear it, but give him a heads up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, but what's your dress like? Is it, are you is are it, you toeing the line? Is there any glitter on the dress? No, no, oh, okay. there's no gl- glitter on the dress. Okay, nice. all right. Nice. Well, no. congratulations. Thank you. Good luck if y'all ever have kids, because he's gonna have a I battle. Know. We've already talked about that. If we have a girl, <laughs> or, I mean, boys can play with glitter too. Anybody. But, uh, I was this like, really is taking over y'all's yeah. life. God it damn. Has. Hours a day are dedicated to, to like, the discussion of glitter. Yeah, it wow. comes up pretty much any time I wear makeup. Wow. <laughs> Wow, well, at least you know there's certain places you're not going to have to worry about him going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> there's that. Done and done. You don't have to worry about that. But yeah, wear what you want, and congratulations on your wedding. Thank you. Final, Final ruling. Who else has a grievance? I do. Oh, we heard oh, some... You got one there first? Okay, there, and then we'll come over to you. Greetings. Okay. Oh, hello. hello. Hello, what's your name and pronouns? Felicity, and I am she. Felicity, oh, thank yes, you. Thank you. My name is actually Latin for happiness, although I am not Latino, but it's an old word for Latin, meaning happiness. Hooray. And I just wanted to tell you, lovely ladies, that possibly one of my most favorite episodes was with Goatman, where you talked about parents telling kids these stories just so you wouldn't give head to men. (laughs) 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 I thought that was fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. 
Now, my grievance is with the um, vacuum cleaner factory, <laughs> Dyson. Oh, fucking oh. Dyson and me are beefing right Why? now. Why? Hit me. Oh. Hit me. We're beefing. No, I love Dyson. Right. I just beefing. got their air wrap. No. It's incredible. We We're right here. We're right We're here. We're beefing. Oh, God. Okay. First of all, so Lines I get this vacuum. It says it's for pet hair. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's for nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, <clears throat> for nothing. It has... I, so I sent them a letter. I said, first of all, your vacuum sucks. And I don't mean literally. <laughs> yes, nice. That's yes. a good joke, though. Raise the roof. Raise the yeah. roof. Got him. And then I said, the second thing is, there's no light on the vacuum. You have to have a fucking light on your vacuum so you can see what you're vacuuming. Mm-hmm. Do you vacuum in the dark? Doesn't no, matter. never, never, there's never. There's crevices. There's crannies. There's crevices. The, I True. got a dirt devil for like dirt cheap. True. That's right. And it had a light on it. And the Dyson does not. Word. Thank you. I don't, yeah. ha- I don't have a Dyson vacuum, so I don't know about it. Don't I had a ball, one. and my don't ball is in a shop. <clears throat> I had to find a vacuum repair shop. What's a ball? A ball vacuum. It's like they're famous, like so good. It sucks you yeah. so good. And you get right. it. And you're like, no, you don't. No, literally. Maybe you're, you, I don't think you use it as a masturbation tool, Heather. <laughs> That's probably why you don't well, like it. a little bit. We're not using it the proper way, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it should still suck no matter it what. It should still do should what it's suck. supposed to. That's right. Just suck this. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. anyway, so my we point, beefing. I sent them a letter. I said, your advertisements indicate that you vacuum up pet hair and everything else, and there's nothing better because you speak in a British accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so apparently, your British vacuums work way better than our American. <laughs> Screw you, they do not. You don't have a light. And I want to <laughs> I want to win. So I sent them a letter, and now I'm waiting to hear back if Dyson is going to refund me the ridiculous... How much was this vacuum? Freaking $600. Damn. Yeah. I inherited my Dyson, but the value is a lot. So, no. so what, you have dogs, cats? I have two beautiful dogs. And when you vacuum up the hair, like nothing happens? No, like nothing. No, it's, it's rough. Not, is it a faulty vacuum? No, Maybe. it's just a piece of shit. <laughs> Here's the other thing. I have to ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that when you detach the, the container that there's one button that is the way it's supposed to open and there's another button that if it's placed right near it, there's no words. And if you put it, all the things that you just vacuum explode <laughs> into the room. Oh, they do. And then, yes. like, and then there's mystery buttons. You're like, where does this go? No. What does this do? This is worse than a vibrator. <laughs> what do they do? The amount of times in my life that I'm like, it's this one. I know it is. And I pushed the fucking wrong one. And I look yes. like I'm a magician trying to leave the room. <laughs> yes. 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 Is it's it? a living hell. Thank you for understanding. No, I totally Thank understand. You. And then I had my cousin dog sat for us during uh, when we were getting married. And she just told my mom, they don't really like to vacuum, do they? And I was like, I love to vacuum. <laughs> what happens? It's, Our vacuum hates to vacuum, it's, though. It's instant gratification it's, because yeah, you vacuum it's and it's gone. Not, yeah. not with oh, the, I used mine's to, in like, the shop. So. No. I used well, to beat the kids. They wanted to vacuum. I'm like, no, get away. That's mommy's job. <laughs> for that amount of money, it 100% sure. So have you asked them for a refund and you're waiting to hear back? Hell to the yes. Oh, and and what are they, What what's their reasoning to Well, not- they don't know who they're messing with because <laughs> shockingly Fuck to yeah. you, I am a jail nurse. Oh. Yeah, word. And uh, your Anthony Soul episode. Nice. I was at that jail. No really? Way. Yeah, wow. for real. 
So when they want to mess with me and not give me a refund for my vacuum that A, doesn't suck, B, doesn't have a light, need Mm -mm. I say more, (laughs) they will... I'm waiting to They're hear about it. They're going to fuck around and find if out. I may, Word. If I may, Your Honor, I would like to propose that we turn this into a class action lawsuit <laughs> against Dyson. <laughs> and those similarly situated can join us in I our did, grievance. I did not know everyone had such heated opinions about Dyson. Well, Big time. What Big you time. have blows. What we want is the sucking, and it's not happening. It's true. Right. Yeah, my thing right. is doing the opposite. Fun. Of what yours is doing. Yeah, well, they need to stick to blowing and try and quit the sucking game. <laughs> right. So well, in, in New Orleans, apparently you only need like three, four people and you can have a parade for uh, <laughs> you and I. Do yes. the same rules We're apply united. for lawsuits? Class action, motherfucker. I, I think, yeah. We, yeah. You say your, your jurisdiction is international. It is. It's global. It's global. And so. it's, it's global. you can't appeal either. So, so I want to... Dyson doesn't know what they're messing with. <laughs> Default judgment because they're not here. Anybody from Dyson here? Silence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> uh, I think you get a <clears throat> refund. You get... What do you want? I would like for my repairs to be covered by Dyson because it's in the vacuum cleaner repair shop in Mesquite, Texas. <laughs> I would like a Kirby. Ooh, yeah, I've okay. Dyson, just All send right. me a Kirby. So you want Dyson to send you a competitor's mm-hmm. brand vacuum <laughs> to make up for this? If anybody can make it happen, you can. Make okay, it I. You know what? Uh, I'll call contact that British motherfucker. <laughs> right. I when we get right. done with this, right. tell him. We're all getting Dysons. Right. All right. And they better all work. You right. get a Dyson. Or we get Kirby's. He's got to send everybody a Kirby, whatever that is. Your we have a Roomba. Get a Roomba. We right. love our Roomba. Your Flat hair check. dryer is $600. What's wrong with you? God damn. Did you? Your vacuum is $600? A hair dryer. No, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. But I make fun of a woman I work with. (laughs) Don't turn on the judge. Who buys a hair dryer. She bought a hair dryer. I bought that same hair dryer, though. (laughs) You did not. (laughs) Let me just say, as the bailiff. First of all, hold on. It's not just a hair dryer. It's also. No. It has like five attached. It comes in a fucking suitcase. I can't even bring it with me on tour because it is so fucking big yeah. that it won't fit. I'd have, I'd have to bring it like as a carry-on. It has like three different paddles to do like different flattenings. Sure. You can also do like curls and stuff. Plus right. it, and it also doesn't use heat so it's good for your hair. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Dyson Airwrap. You're so creepy <laughs> for 20 minutes. But no. that being said, mine blows. I'm not trying to suck up. Correct. Yes, the, fun, the fun thing is though, the nurse that I work with that uses the Dyson hair dryer every day that she comes in, I'm like, oh, your hair looks about $445. <laughs> <laughs> Sick burn. Got him. Well, right. I think uh, my ruling is you get a Kirby and your money back. You get your ball where that fixed. Oh, yes. ball fixed. Um, yes. And um, we all live happily ever after. God love you. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> I think we heard one over here so. before I think that. So. One. I think so. We got another grievance. Holler so they can find you. There you are. What's your name and pronouns? I'm Sarah. Hello. Pronouns she, her. Thank you. Um, Hi, Sarah. Okay, so this actually happened last night. Not quite as exciting as the whole vacuum fiasco. <laughs> Two things are. Um, okay, so my, we have a dog named Cobra Commander. He's 15 pounds. Aww. Adorable. Um, he sleeps in bed with us. And normally, when I tell him it's bedtime, which he loves... He hops up his little stairs, gets into our bed, and just stays there while I brush my teeth, change, whatever I got to do before I come to bed. Well, last night, instead, he decided to get into the trash in the bedroom Mm. and ate a 
Band-Aid and like a small piece of gauze that was attached to it, which I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, they'll poop it Because, you know, they eat stupid <laughs> stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, my point is this turned into a whole argument between me and my husband about whether a trash can does or does not belong in a bedroom. Oh, and <laughs> So I was like, he's like, why is there even a trash can in the bedroom? That makes no I, sense. And I I'm had like, that same thought when you were telling this story. I don't have no trash can Damn. in my bedroom. You have a trash can in your bedroom? No. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's no. in the bathroom. So I mean, my just, bedroom is a trash can, but know, I don't have, like, okay, a, when we moved a receptacle in together, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we had, table. like, a collection of four or five small trash cans when we moved in together. So I was like, well, I'll just put one in every room because that seems convenient. <laughs> are um, they those mini but ones no. that are, like, this big? Is there tiny like little trash cans that are like a gallon tall? Yeah. No, it's yeah, I see. It's like a yeah, yeah, office yeah. waste but basket. This led into a whole argument about whether a trash can does or does not belong in the bedroom. And so uh yeah, let me know That's what you question. think. Um I'm gonna say no. Correct. I because would... I think um there a bedroom was cries is... from the audience <laughs> when you said no. So I was like, oh a bedroom is a place of like uh is where Refuge. you're supposed to feel like, yeah, like uh, peace and serenity. And if trash is the opposite of it. It was under a table, if that makes it any better. Like a little bedside table? No, it doesn't just, matter. No? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's on a table? No, no under. under. Oh, under the table. Beneath. You can't well, really see, see it. I guess we kind of do have a small trash can adjacent to our bedroom. Somebody just gasped. Like, <gasps> she said no, she but did. now she's admitting it. Because my vanity, like, leads it's into convenient. our bathroom, and I do have a trash can under where the vanity is. Ooh, interesting. But to me, it's that's an extension of the bathroom I've and been, not the bedroom. Very recently, I had not been into your bedroom until, like, this year, and we've been friends for a while. But I went in there when you were giving me your veil so I could wear it at my mm-hmm. wedding. And I would say that your little alcove with the vanity, mm-hmm. I think that that is bedroom adjacent and not I wouldn't necessarily consider that part of the bedroom okay, thank you because it has almost its own walkway to get into it mm-hmm. it has its own little lighting area mm-hmm. so I think you have a trash can in your vanity it's not like you have one next to the bed no I don't no that's we just Some use pervert we just throw trash Who's on just the floor you just like finish eating the Cheetos and you're like <laughs> yeah I promise my, I'm not my gross. drawer in my bedside table is my trash can yeah, right. that's where all my wrappers from my nighttime snacks go <laughs> my um, night snacks I don't think a trash can belongs in the bedroom, so I'm going to have to rule in favor of your husband. Yeah, you get you one so with a sorry. metal lid. You can get one with, like, a little metal one with a lid. <laughs> I had to get it for the goose. She eats everything. She, I'm, the things I've Googled. He normally does it, and so it's like last night he was just, like, full of spite or something. Oh. I don't know. He your was husband like, got this to trash can. He's Fuck like, this trash can in the bedroom. Bear. Yeah, oh. I guess. Did you check that Band-Aid? Did your husband, like, rub it with bacon grease or something? <laughs> Is he behind this? Was he like, know, tonight's the night we're getting this trash a, can out of this bedroom? <laughs> I know it was from a blood test I had. Oh, <laughs> dang. Well, maybe that's a sign I that changed. you're like, you got to get rid of it now. Yeah. Okay. I think you're right. I think All you're right. right. Final ruling, no trash cans in the bedroom. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Who is on Go the home. opposite side of that? Yeah. Uh, we have time for one more. Who's got one more grievance? Back there. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. From the depths, from the darkness, we can't see. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> okay. What's your name and pronouns? My name is Kimberly. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, Kimberly. Um, I am a receptionist at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And so me and my coworker were working together one day. And it may remind you, I've only been there for four months. So it's a very new job. 
And so I caught on pretty quickly. Um, and so I was sitting there, she answered the phone and she's helping a patient or whatever. And I'm like listening in and she's like, uh, let me see what I can do for you. She kind of sounded confused. So I was like, okay. And I'm like, this person's here on every Saturday, just to let you know. I know this. Thank you. Oh, bitch. <laughs> I'm like, oh. she snapped that at you. She snapped at me. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So we had this little grievance thing going on, and she cussed at me one day. <gasps> what was the cuss? Please use the sentence. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> I honestly don't remember it. It was oh, like God, it burned in But my what brain. curse word was it? Oh, it was like fucking. Oh, like fucking. Like you're always was asking it like, fucking questions. You don't fucking know anything, or was Basically, it like these yeah. fucking patients? Get oh, out of so my it fucking was, like, chair! Directed at you? Yeah, she. It was directly at me. Damn. So anyway, so the one day I like we had no more patients for the day, and I was sitting there and I was checking my phone real quick, like because you know we check our phones, and I was actually texting my cousin here, and so. Tell me why she decided to be spiteful and messaged my boss and let her know that I was texting on my phone. Mm. She snitched. I got called up to the off, you know, the administration or whatever. Dang. You got called to the my, office. Yeah, I did. Like oh, a principal she snitched you and sent my you to the office. administration person. This is like, like you're passing a note in class and somebody tattletales and then you're in the principal's office. To and clarify, this is an adult working and my job and me. not grade school. In a hospital. <laughs> my boss called me and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm cool with them. And I'm like, oh, am I in trouble? She's like, yeah, kind of. I'm like, oh, shit. Mm. So I go upstairs and I explain what happened and I don't know, like. Well, do you think that was wrong of her to, to do that? To wrap you out? Like, yeah, it's a yeah, fucking yeah, asshole move. She sounds, sounds like, like an overall ass. nightmare. I know, yeah. I know we're not allowed to be on our phones, but like, are you like, are you that petty though? Yeah, yeah, she's mean? petty as fuck. She sounds like she's very petty. Also, I don't know you very well, but I love your voice. Yeah, I'm like, you're. I wanted. I feel you, so calm right now. I feel now. great. I feel like a million. <laughs> My bucks. blood pressure has lowered. Could you since record to yourself? You? Telling just about your day and just put it on YouTube so I can listen to it. Yeah. Okay, and if nice. I worked like beside ASMR. you, I don't think I would be using curse words in your direction or snapping at you or ratting you for no, things. You sound I'm like a, very a level-headed angry person. person. I'm a very angry person. I will say, I was going to say, I also don't know you well because the way you were talking, you're like, and then she snapped at me. And I was like, is she going to be like, so I went into the kitchen and found her soup. <laughs> And I poisoned it. But here's the thing. But we were in the hospital, so she didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) So was that wrong? And it's like, well, you did it in the hospital. (laughs) So she was fine with being fake to my face. Uh -uh. And so, like, you know, I was kind of like, I don't want her to be, like, fake to my face. I was like, "Mm, you know, I don't want to do all that. Uh -uh. So I decided to be the bigger person and send her an email apologizing and say, you know, we're coworkers. Let's get along. Dang, that's nice of you. Oh God! But next, you just poisoned. What her. happened? Did she reply? I mean, she she felt the same way, I guess, and now we're fine. But it's just like I, I just still feel some type of way towards her. Mm. You can never feel. You can never be fine after somebody petty rats yeah, you out. Yeah, that's nah. yeah. I'm a grudge holder. I, rem- I remember shit people did to me in second grade, and I see them on Facebook, and they're like, "Oh, this happened to me," and I'm like, "I bet it fucking did happen to you." Do you remember what you did she to does. me in 1994? Because I do. I do. 
I do. I remember it every time I see your face. Got a and that like was a steel trap. <laughs> so I, I think two. you're going. I say hold the grudge. Be salty to her. If she asks you for a favor, switch shifts. Don't do it. Just be like, sorry, I'm busy. Mm-mm, sorry. <laughs> That's, that's um, sorry, I'm going to be too busy texting to take your shit. Alternatively, you could let go of the negative energy because it doesn't serve you Don't and focus on being happy. And, what you do is fuel you know yourself. yourself. You take the rage that's within you and you achieve. You achieve. You do more. You become the boss. You become the supervisor. You're the hospital administrator. And why? Why? Because one day you're the hospital administrator and her ass gets hauled in your office and you look her in the face and you go, yeah, <laughs> who's your, your bitch behavior. now? <laughs> We have a problem with your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to let you go. Alternatively, you um, could also just go about your day and not, give her, not, not worry about her See, anymore. You have to work Not with give her, her any That's of your problem. energy or time. I have to work zen with out. Her a lot. Be a, be, practice the, the Zen Buddhist. Uh, what's your book called? Oh, it's uh, The Dude and Zen. It's about Jeff Bridges and practicing yeah. Zen. It's great. I love it. I use it for a lot of things, but I harness my rage. <laughs> I am Zen about certain things, but you get there's sometimes you got to remember what they did to you, and then you <laughs> use it. It'll, she'll get hers. There'll be a day where she needs you, and then no, they you do have need the, me. That's the problem. It's like I'm power. the newest one there, and I have two other coworkers, and one's been there for like maybe almost thirty years, God. and they come to Hell me yeah. for everything. They're like, "How do you do this? How do you do that?" Oh. You? And like, mm-hmm. I don't mind helping, but it gets on my nerves. Mm. When she starts to whisper, I'm like, "The soup's getting poisoned. <laughs> Duct tape your lunches." Uh, no, I think Christy's right. You, you know what? If it doesn't serve you, blah, blah, blah. But if it does <laughs> fuel you into achieving more, then I, you know, sure. tap into the power. Tap into or the power. you use your hate for good and uh, she rise to the top and you end up owning the hospital. Is that, I don't even know if done people done. can do that. I don't know who owns hospitals. <laughs> Companies? Sometimes they're publicly traded. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you have some hope. Um, or... Maybe you can get transferred to another department. Oh, hell no. I don't know know how hospitals... No, I love my department. She's staying. Okay. Don't let her run you out. You run her out. (laughs) (laughs) But was she petty and wrong for doing that? Yeah, she sounds like a nightmare to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. I'm the youngest one there, so that's another problem. Uh Uh-oh. Well, see, it's never about the texting. She's jealous of you. Teach her new, fun, young people slang words, but it's just words that you made up. And then she'll be at a party later, and she'll be like, oh, it's real magpie day. And then oh, you're Jesus. like, what? And she's like, the cool kids are saying it. And then she'll be ashamed. And she'll See, that's a, that's a fun way to get her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you're like still getting her, but it's not like you're like poisoning her soup or anything like that. Yeah, I like that. I like yes. that. Yes. yes. Final ruling, um, uh, we hope you own this hospital one day. And... Uh, have a magpie day to you and, <laughs> and yours. <laughs> oh, you guys have been such an amazing Phenomenal audience. Night. Thank you what so much. What a night. We've had so much fun. Um, thank you so much to everybody that came out. Thank you so much to Hilarities. Everybody here has been so nice. They've been so good to us, so please be so good to them. If you are VIP, just hang out. They're going to tell you what to do. If not, then enjoy the rest of your night. We're going to enjoy ours, and as always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you guys so much. We 
love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those enrolling the airwaves and getting into it tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode. In June, it's going to be an update on Murdoch, on Alec Murdoch and what's going on in South Carolina, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. And this week, you get a special bonus. Not only is it video footage of our time at the Ohio State Reformatory, but a full-ass HD video of this whole episode. So you can watch... The facial expressions and the reactions we have to each other and what I looked like as I screamed about my vacuum cleaner. <laughs> um, and the patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month they want to see us live stream. Our next live stream is on June 23rd at 8 p.m. Central. Getting Into It tier also gets to vote on one episode a month. And voting is underway for the episode that they're going to choose. Mm-hmm. And it's one of three cryptids. Mm-hmm. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. Our next live Q&A is on June 22nd at 8 p.m. Central. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. It means so much to us and helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can also click those three little buttons in the top right hand and share any episode with someone that you think would like it. And go to Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. We have playlists organized by topic so you can get the funniest episodes, the cryptid episodes, true crime episodes, things like that. So if you have a friend that only likes a certain type of topic we cover, don't worry. We got a playlist for that. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're also on YouTube and TikTok. Christy, where are you at on the computer? I am on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. And I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world, and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Jessica Tarrant Chavers. Melanie McIntyre. Leandra Ventura. Sierra Bretz. Taylor Johnson. Brittany Wright. Jenna G. Logan H. Christy Noon. Catherine Enoch. Stephanie Persephone. Sparrow Richards. Lids. Amanda. Bridget. And Carrie Riley. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We hope we pronounce your names correctly. We love all of you. Stay safe. 
Stay healthy and keep it creepy. Bah ha ha ha. Sin and-